need to be better. It's unacceptable. Everyone's accountable. We're very, very unhappy. Welcome, Rinkrets, to Season 3, Episode 21 of the Dashrink.com's Blackhawks Rinkcast. Brought to you by PuckHockey.com. Right here. Right here. Um, live from the COVID-19 studios. Uh, today is Thursday, July 16th, 2020. I'm your host, Jeff Osborne, better known on the interwebs as Puck and Hostel or the Hater or whatever. Y'all need to take a hit of this, Jeffrey. It'll calm you down. And I'm here. Joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, John. Well, tonight, this evening I'm going full CBJ. I have a fearless prediction. Whoa, for hey CBJ. now. <laughs> Phrasing. That's right. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Awesome. CBJs. So we, we, we actually, you could probably talk a little CBJs tonight with Don here. He's going to, he might be a little more familiar with CBJs than he's going to be with the Blackhawks, but uh, that's okay. Uh, but anyway, as you see right here, we have Donnie from uh, Game On Podcast, right? It, it's a longer name than that, but it's pretty much Game On Podcast. <laughs> yeah, Game On, a sports podcast for everyone. Yes, sir. There you go. There it is. Uh, Don, yeah, you reached out to us. You said that, you know, you even though you're from South Bend area, uh, you're a Rangers fan, uh, but you're, you're, you're getting a little more interested in the Blackhawks and stuff. So uh, you wanted to come on and share your thoughts with us. And it's probably good for us to, to talk about some Eastern Conference teams, too. Oh, yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Yeah, I've been, I mean, I'm born and raised in New York, so diehard Ranger fan, but moved out here. So figured I'd adopt the Blackhawks and watch some, uh, you know, Western Conference hockey and, and, and jump, on the, jump on the wagon. I, I guess I'm a couple of years late, but. <laughs> you mean the better conference, right? <laughs> I, I mean. We'll we'll see. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Western Conference obviously has better teams right now. I think. I I think the the Eastern Conference was, uh, pretty close. I think both conferences were close at the stoppage. To be honest yeah. with you, I think they were. It was it was yeah. really close. So, yeah. So, uh, anyone, uh, you 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 want to give out your Twitter uh, handle right now? So if anyone wants to follow, yeah, absolutely. Uh, on Twitter, uh, it's at Game On Everyone. Also on Instagram, it's at Game On Sports Podcast. Uh, you can check us out there. Uh, our link is in our bio on both places. We're also on YouTube. Uh, the whole name, uh, Game On, a sports podcast for everyone. The link is also in the bio there. So, yeah, check us out. Cool. Yeah, you know, kind oh, of digging batter. Let's get at her. Kind of digging what? Rocking the, uh, he's rocking the Yankees cap, and he's got that sort of uh, New York City uh, inflection in his uh, delivery. Uh, <laughs> That's He's he does he does something nice for us. He brings uh, some flavor that uh, we're lacking. So this is this is very good. We'll see what this. We goes. are definitely lacking some flavor. Yeah, we are. We have no flavor. <laughs> well, happy to help, happy to help, gentlemen. Happy to help anytime. Unless awesome. bitterness and bile have a flavor. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, anyway, um, so the hockey stuff's going on. We we haven't we haven't gotten together in a in a while. But, uh, you know, a lot of happened in Blackhawks world. So we figured we'd get together and talk about it a little bit. Next week, we may we may do one again next week. And then uh, we're thinking about maybe doing kind of a grand, uh, maybe rink-wide, you know, rink all the rink writers that want to come on and talk about, you know, uh, what's going to happen right as the playoffs are about to start, like maybe right at the end of the month. So uh, we might have a couple more coming up soon. So keep uh, keep keep an eye on that. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there as an agenda item. I think with, with the growing coverage of the rink across uh, various NHL teams, and we've got uh, I believe all of our teams are represented um, in the playoffs. We could do uh, we could do uh, previews of the different series um, in uh, in that show. Yeah, that would be really fun. Yeah, uh, we actually. That said, uh, I, I reached out to uh, Juliana Nakach. Uh, she's a resident Rangers fan. And uh, unfortunately, she couldn't join us, but we were going to have her on so she could talk about her Rangers because she rarely gets to talk about the Rangers uh, with us. So Rangers. not that we don't let her. It's just not usually relevant because we're always yapping about the Blackhawks. So anyway. Uh, a couple housekeeping things uh, you're going to probably see on the website. We uh, brought on, we're going to bring on some new writers probably to help out with the coverage. So uh, nothing's really completely nailed down yet, but keep an eye out. You're going to see us release some names and stuff of, of some stuff. Um, but uh, so that's the housekeeping stuff. Black Ops. At the very, right? least, at the very least, we will have a, an announcement of a new writer for Rockford Icehogs um, to replace the irreplaceable Mario Tirabasi um, joining us. We have, we have not nailed down exactly who that person is yet, but uh, we're close. Um, we've had a, a little uh, last minute um, uh, issue that arose. So we're, we're attending to that, but we will nailed have, it! at minimum, we will have um, the, uh, that, that position filled. And then uh, we're also uh, trying to get the, the Columbus uh, franchise, the Columbus affiliate of the rink.com. Um, up and running um, for the playoffs as well. So we're hoping to accomplish both of those, but at minimum we'll get the Rockford position filled and, and uh, get somebody moving on that. Yeah. And you're going to see full content uh, like we would normally do in the playoffs uh, at the rink uh, with covering each game. We'll do a, a little re a game recap and stuff like that. And uh, I've been trying to keep up with all the news items. And uh, so, yeah, we're in full swing. Uh, it could be 11 straight months of hockey stuff, which is going to be uh, a little taxing, but uh with the right amount, with, with the right staff, uh, many hands make light work, right? Yes, that's been your mantra of late. Many hands make <laughs> light work. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's get into hockey a little bit. Let's do um, it. You know, the Blackhawks, they made the play in. Uh, they, since we recorded last, there was the uh, draft lottery, which was won by, what is it, Team X or whatever they called it which is going to be the uh, one of the eight teams that loses in the play-in round. So the Blackhawks have a chance on one hand to advance to the playoffs, to the official playoffs. On the other hand, they have a one in eight chance of getting the first overall draft pick, which honestly is not that bad a situation to be in. This is like playing with, this is the ultimate playing with house money situation. It really is. Yeah. I actually but, think uh, they have a better chance of getting the, the first round draft pick than they do getting out of the first round. Well, um, yeah, there's several reasons why now. I, I mentioned that last night too. We can go into the whys of that, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, <clears throat> with all that happening, uh, the they, they ratified the CBA, the new CBA, which now has the return to play rules in effect. Uh, they're going to do the bubble thing. We've, we've kind of all talked about that. I think, John, you and I both agree that um, we think this thing's going to get off the ground. It is going to roll, but uh, we're not sure if it's going to get finished. 
just because of the fact that with the way uh, the COVID is, it's still rising in a lot of places. Um, you get a lot of people around sweating, coughing, hundreds of people, uh, even if they are in a bubble, something can happen, well, you know? I mean, quite literally because of the proximity that the players, the equipment managers, the trainers and the coaches have just on the benches. But then when the players go out on the ice and they're, you know, mixing it up in the corners and around the net, um, it, it, you know, you have to assume for this to work that the bubble has to completely exclude anybody who is infected, whether they're symptomatic or asymptomatic. And um, because if it doesn't and, and one case slips through, there's a potential for disaster. There really is. And um, that's why I'm skeptical about it. Um, and, you know, also the, the fact that it just doesn't seem that the league has ever really been. I don't think the league has ever stopped and said, you know what, maybe this is a bad idea. It's like it's been Gary Bettman and the owners have decided that this is something they're going to do and that's it. And they'll figure it out. And that, that to me says that there, there's a priority over and above public health. Um, and I'm not here to, to pontificate or proselytize about that, um, except to say that I just, I just, that mentality to me does not seem conducive to um, a successful conclusion of the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of that going on. A lot of, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> Not not just in the NHL. There's a lot of right. that going around. Right. I mean, Don, what what are your opinions on uh, on this whole return to play thing? I mean, I I think they did the right thing uh, by moving uh, the Western uh, hub to Edmonton. Agreed. Uh, I think they did a great thing with just keeping both in Canada, since Canada seems to have this thing a little Agreed. more under control than we do here in in the United States. Um, Edmonton. Hi, welcome to Nazi Canada. <laughs> I mean, Edmonton, Edmonton doesn't really, there's not a lot going on there. So uh, to, ha- to bring this there, there's not a lot of people. There, there wasn't a lot of cases up there to begin with. So, I mean, I think they'll be safe there. Toronto was a little bit more of a riskier bet being a large city. But, I mean, I think. There goes all have... of our Edmonton fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, I, mean, I think, I, I don't know. I, I feel that they'll they'll get it off. I mean, I'm I'm optimistic, obviously, because we're all in withdrawal from we want hockey. So we're kind of hoping right, like, right. hey, this needs to happen uh, for our sake and, you know, mm-hmm. hockey fans worldwide. But, yeah, I think they will. I mean, obviously, you look at all these camps, you look at, you know, Pittsburgh with nine guys that are that are uh, sitting out camp right now. You see what just happened with Boston with Pasternak uh, today. Well, yesterday, probably. Um all these things are happening here in the States. I personally think they need to get up to Canada quickly. <laughs> and yeah. Not quick camp here. Yeah. Before the, the cases really start getting out of control. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, but, but I do think it's going to get off. I think they're going to, they're going to get this going. I mean, it's going to be a lot of hockey. There's 52 games in 10 days. That's it's going to be a lot of hockey to squeeze in. It's almost like a world cup format where you're getting six games a day. It's like nonstop from noon to, 10 o'clock at night. I mean, I think that's every hockey fan's dream. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure you guys are. So, I mean, I'm gearing up. I'm just pissed off a bit that, you know, the Rangers are playing the new game on the first. And of course I'm taking my family down to Tennessee that day. So oh. I, it's going to have to be on the radio. I'm going to have to piss my wife off, but that's okay. 
It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I actually <laughs> might be having something that going on that same day as well, which is Yeah, cuz you guys suck. play at what? You guys play at what? 3 o'clock? Yeah, it's a Saturday, but it's like 3 o'clock. Yeah, you guys play Edmonton 3 o'clock. So, yeah, I mean, I, hopefully I can watch that live and get down there. I'm going to have to try to speed a little bit. We'll see. All for the love of <laughs> So, that I agree with you. I think that Edmonton was a was a, was a reasonably wise choice um, um, and, and probably Toronto in the East because of, um, you know, the fact that there's less cases in Canada. But I'm going to say this about Edmonton. And, and this is where this thing. Uh oh, uh, you're going to really alienate all our Edmonton fans just like that. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Gonna, I'm kidding. The, the, only, the only thing that can be construed as a negative is the fact that I have never had a longer day of traveling than when I went to Edmonton. No. And, you know, when you've got all these teams and trainers and coaches, you have to connect to go to Edmonton from just about anywhere in the United States. I don't, mm-hmm. I can't really think of any places in the United States that have direct flights to Edmonton. Um, maybe the last I saw most went through Calgary, I think. Well, when I used to go, I used to go, um, on Delta through, um, through Minneapolis. So you've got a number of teams that are probably going to be connecting on two different flights going in there. And it's a, it's a long flight up there. I mean, you think of the sheer numbers of people that are going to be coming in via that, that travel protocol, if you will. I just, I find it hard to believe that that nobody along the way is going to pick up some virus. So then they better catch that when they get to Edmonton. And I know they're going to test them like crazy. I just, again, I just, the whole thing, you can, you can sit there and, and war game it out and bubbleize everything. And I just don't know if you can actually stop every way it can, it can be transmitted. I don't, I don't know if you can. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but I do think they probably, if they're going to do this, Edmonton was a good, was a good choice because of, it's relative remoteness. And um, my, my, my recollection of Edmonton, I haven't been there in about 20 years, but my recollection of it is, is that um, there's, there's not a lot of trouble to get into in Edmonton relative to some other places in North America. Yeah. So it, it could be a place for players to lay low and, and uh, be, be, uh, be good and stay out of trouble. And who knows, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll get through this thing. So you mean like the two hub cities that were reported in the U S Chicago and uh, Las Vegas, Las Vegas, right. Yeah. No one get in any trouble in Las Vegas at all. Yeah. Right. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I, they go ahead, go ahead. They did the smart thing. They definitely did the smart thing by doing it in Canada. Now you could say that maybe instead of Toronto, they could have done Edmonton and Vancouver because Toronto is, you know, a big city and it's, you know, there, there's a lot of people who go through Toronto so you would think that that would be the, the you'd want to keep them away from the busier places. You want to well, like when they were thinking about doing uh, South Dakota or whatever, you know, North Dakota or something like that, like out in the middle of nowhere, where where cases are nothing, not not a big city like a major hub. Can it, you well, know? Why not? Why not Edmonton and Ottawa? I mean, if you I want a team, in, or even Edmonton and Vancouver, because Vancouver. Right. I'm just thinking that they wanted yeah. a team in the east. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, that's probably why they did it the way they did Eastern. it. I mean, you had yeah. to think when they came out with those 10 cities, and I said this on our podcast too, there was no way they weren't picking Toronto, being the NHL. Right. Exactly. It just wasn't going to happen. And I exactly. said, I, I 100% thought it was going to be Vegas and Toronto because they love pushing Vegas. They love that. And the NHL, Toronto, please, they're like, they're a match made in heaven. And I, Unfor- you know, unfortunately, there was an uptick in cases in Vegas and the NHL made the right decision. Um, uh, to your point, John, I do have 
firsthand knowledge. I used to work for Delta Airlines a while okay. back. Um, and the Rangers, they do have a charter flight that is direct. They do. Yeah. They and are going to have a charter flight. <laughs> I, I actually, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure, you know, how all the teams travel. I know that some, some teams have traveled commercial and then some will do charter. I don't think, I don't think all the teams follow the same travel uh, protocols, but I, I could be wrong, but I, I thought it was sort of a mix. That could be part of the rules is that they have to, they have to do charter, you know, one way or another, smart. figure it out. Yeah. That, that would be the smart way to do it. Yeah. You would think so. You would think and so. then you can avoid connections and yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that, sure. that, that might be the way it is. We might've just figured it out. <laughs> there we go right here, right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the Western conference is going to be in Edmonton. The Eastern conference is going to be in Toronto. Um, I don't really have a, a I, I mentioned it on online that like, you know, Edmonton's going to be the home team, literally going to be the home team. And uh, Toronto is literally going to be the home team, but it's not, it's not going to cause that big of an advantage. I don't think, but you are in a place you're comfortable with. They play in that arena. They play, you know, whether, even whether they're going to use that locker room every game or not, they're comfortable with being in the arena. They know their way around the arena. You know, there's, somewhat of a little bit of a, uh, you know, it, it eases your anxiety a little bit when you feel like you're at the place where you work all the time. If someone told you to do your job in someone else's place. You could probably do it, but the person who does it there every day is going to feel a little more comfortable, a little less, you know, so there is a slight advantage, I think, but I don't think it's enough to like push any team over the edge. It just well, means Edmonton Edmonton's going to be a little bit more cool and calm. Toronto's going to be a little bit more cool and calm. I, I think you know, that's the way I look at it. The ice in Edmonton is notoriously fast. Yeah. Um, and that may favor Edmonton because they've got, they've got some great speed players. Um, that's, but, and, and, you know, you have to think that they, that they built their team for their ice because their ice is allegedly it, it's faster than, than all the other surfaces um, in the league. So, um, that may be a little bit of an example, you know, you know, and then for example, in Detroit, I know that they used to, the boards were so different there versus other cities in terms of the bounces off the boards mm -hmm. and things of that nature. So there could be those kinds of advantages as well. Um, you, you know, you know, I would argue for the Leafs actually, I think playing, I think for the hub city to be in Toronto may actually be worse for them because they're going to be they're They're always so under a microscope in Toronto. I mean, yeah, the Leafs are everything there and they're, and, and uh, they're the New York Yankees of hockey. Pardon me? They're the New York Yankees of hockey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Under scrutiny all the time. Yeah. Plus they got, they have a tough, they have a tough get in round one. I really think Columbus is going to give them a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The giant yeah. That's killer. why you, sure. Mr. Columbus over here with his hat and his Jersey on. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, Unfortunately, it's, it's not an Elvis Merzlikens. It's a Sergei Bobrovsky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I look at I look at Toronto, like you said, being under a microscope. I mean, if they if they don't do something this year with the team that they have and the players that they have, and just I, I don't know what to say. I mean, and they weren't doing that great at the stoppage either. It wasn't like they were killing it like they should be. I mean, there's you, something very perverse about a team like Toronto that goes out and does everything, kind of like being an outsider and I know you're wearing a Yankees hat, but like when the Yankees would go out and they'd spend a shit ton of money on a bunch of free agents. And then that year they wouldn't make the playoffs. 
there's some kind of perverse enjoyment from everybody on the outside when that doesn't work out. And that's kind of what's going on in Toronto. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's probably, there was probably some perverse, um, you know, enjoyment from teams outside of Chicago when the Blackhawks, you know, after they won their cups and, uh, and then, you know, swept in the first round and then haven't made the playoffs. There's, there's a perverse enjoyment for people outside of our fan base too. Oh, sure. So as people in Detroit, I'm sure yeah. they love it. <laughs> Well, right now Detroit, yeah, they're they're not doing so hot either. So they don't have much. They don't open their mouths very much, and and especially since uh, they left the the Western Conference, uh, Detroit has kind of been like, yeah, yeah, we, you respect them. You didn't like them five years ago, but now, you know, they're they're just you know, they're irrelevant. They're, they're not as threatening now. Yeah, they're irrelevant. Yeah, and like they they're not going to knock the Blackhawks out of the playoffs because they're in two different conferences, unless it's in the cup. So but I mean, there's I no mean, worry about any of that for hockey, though. I mean, as a hockey fan and all of us can agree, I think you like those rivalries. You love watching Detroit play Chicago. That's why it was kind of bittersweet when they went to the Eastern Conference because they had some great games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you loved, you know, I mean, obviously they gained rivals, you know, with Toronto and everything. But I mean, you love the rivalry. So you hate, you know, with them in Colorado. So, I mean, it's, it's something, it's bittersweet. And to see them just fall hard, like dead last in the NHL and, and whatever, it, it's, it's crazy to, to well, see. John, John and I are old enough to remember when Toronto and Detroit right. were both in the same conference with the, the Blackhawks, the old Norris division. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Which I, I, I still maintain. I mean, we're probably, because we're probably very partial on this, but that was some of the best hockey. I mean, you oh. hated Toronto. You hated Detroit. hated Detroit. You hated the Blues. You hated Minnesota. Yeah, like yeah. you hated them. See, that's a every thing. one of them. That's the thing. I think. I think that here there's two things. One, the 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 Hawk Detroit rivalry got watered down a little bit when Scotty Bowman came over from Detroit to the Hawks organization because they're they're, they're they started to to like be like this grudging respect between the two teams when the Hawks started to get really good. And Detroit was still good, although in 2013 playoffs it got kind of ugly at times. Yeah. But um, but the the thing about the Hawks is that they have so many other natural rivals. I mean, like the St. Louis rivalry is just it's it gets so ugly. And the other thing that's developed in Chicago is a rivalry with Nashville because they started this get the red out thing with their fans because. They didn't like having Chicago fans come to their arena. <laughs> and so, so there's, it, it's the, the loss of the Detroit rivalry in Chicago. I don't, I don't think it's that really that, that painful, honestly. And it, cause I think we, the Hawks still have rivals. The other problem is, is it's hard to maintain a rivalry if you're not very competitive, which is what the Hawks have become. Yeah. So that's the other issue. Well, first it was Detroit. Now it's Chicago. Yeah. Now they're both. Yeah. Think. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Let's talk about the Rangers a little bit, since that's your that's your team, okay. um, and then we'll we'll wrap up with the Blackhawks stuff. That way you can get you can get your stuff in here with the Rangers. So okay. the Rangers the Rangers are kind of a, a what we we would wish the Blackhawks would be like at a year or two, where they had stripped everything down, and then they were starting a rebuild. But the rebuild has actually gone better than they had expected. Yeah, and. Now, you know, now they're in the play in kind of like the Blackhawks, basically the same position over in the Eastern Conference. But uh, they're, they're a team on the rise while the Blackhawks are still on a team that are like, 
just treading water, about ready to sink at any point, uh, unless they were to, you know, completely clean house. Uh, you know, the only way they're going up is if they were doing, you know, big house cleaning. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a couple of years. So anyway, the Rangers, back to the Rangers. What do yeah. you, what do you, what do you think of the team? I mean, I, I was shocked uh, when you know they put out the letter. Jeff Gordon put out that letter. Uh, best thing they did was say their step down and go ahead and take over. I mean, he put out that letter. They were rebuilding the team, and I mean, it's hit the accelerator. I mean, really, really fast. We did not expect it to go this way. They got lucky with that second round draft pick, and they drafted Kako. They made some really great trades. I mean, that Zabana Jad trade was. Look at him now. I mean, he was a lazy yeah. POS was a in Ottawa. Time. Yeah, he was a lazy POS in Ottawa. He comes to the Rangers and he's killing it, <laughs> killing it. And then you know you got you, you pick up guys like Panarin and and Truba, which I still think we paid him, we overpaid him a little bit. Um, and you look at guys that are coming up. Tony D'Angelo is our best defenseman. Guy was a problem all over the league. Yeah, comes well, in. He's still kind of defense. a problem with his mouth right now, but yeah. Oh, yeah. he don't shut up <laughs> <for> five seconds. <laughs> yeah. but I'm not worried about that. Let's worry about Tony D'Angelo on the ice. Let him deal with all the other yeah. bullshit after. I don't care. But no, yeah. I mean, I'm really, I'm really excited to see. Yeah. My heart wants them to go all the way this year. My brain, as a hockey fan's like, there ain't no way. There's yeah. no, there's no experience on that team. You know, very little. Uh, they're the youngest team in hockey. Uh, right now by the numbers. They uh, they have a three-headed goalie monster that they really need to get the reins under. I mean, you got, yeah. you know, you have Shesterkin. He was 10-2. and two. He was the hottest rookie goalie. I mean, besides Merzlikin. Uh, this guy you know, he gets into a car accident in Brooklyn, of course. That's just our luck. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he's played well. I mean, and Yorgiev, I mean, 17-14, and 14, can't complain. All our goalies, I mean, even even Henrik, you look at Henrik, he's got, you know, he's got decent numbers. I mean, he's obviously he's at the tail end. I mean, you mm-hmm. hate to see it. You want to get this guy a cup because he's he's up there and wins. I think he's top five in, in goalie wins. And you want to you 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 feel for the guy. He had his chance in 2014. I, I, I still think I still think we should have played you guys in the finals instead of L.A. That was a that was a crazy series. Uh, yeah. We, yeah, we do too. <laughs> uh, but that, I mean, that was one bounce from uh, yeah, you know them yeah. having three cups in a row. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was. I would have rather played the Blackhawks for sure because I was living in the Detroit area at the time and would have definitely gone out there. But yeah, I mean, I, I love the way the team is building. Uh, the fact that and, and you touched on it at the beginning of the show, the fact that the Rangers and the Blackhawks and all these teams have a 12.5% chance if they lose to get the first pick in the draft is kind of like a, you know, a best case scenario. There's no, it's, it's a win-win if you ask me at this point. And I don't like yeah. the way the NHL did it. I'm against it on how they did that. I don't, I, I feel for teams like Detroit. I feel for teams like, I mean, you know, like Buffalo and, and all of that. Like I feel for them because, these guys are actually having a chance to advance into the playoffs, whereas a team like Detroit didn't. But if they lose in these playing series, they they have a great chance to get a first round pick. And I mean, I think I think in the draft, I think it's a it's a toss up. I, I like Lafreniere, but I also like Quentin Byfield as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think they're both good. I think it's almost like a Hughes Kako situation where either one could go one and two. It, it, we don't know. So who knows? But yeah, I mean, the Rangers, 
I, I, I love what they're doing. Uh, again, we score by committee. Uh, we have three guys only with 20-plus goals. I mean, obviously, Panarin, he's killing it, you know. Yeah, we're very familiar with our Timmy Panarin. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know, I know, I know you guys are. I, I don't know if you're bitter or not. I'm not sure. And I know, I know um, John over in Columbus, he, he, he had him over there too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's great. And I, I love watching him play. And he seems invigorated playing in New York at home. You know, he, he, he's got a feel for the crowd. I haven't seen them. I saw them play in Detroit this year. I went, it was the first time I went to Little Caesars. Beautiful place. I don't know if anyone's Good. been yet. Good. I haven't yet. Absolutely beautiful arena. It's a shame that the team is terrible. But uh, went out there, saw them play. one nothing victory. Kind of underwhelming, but it was nice to watch. But, yeah, I mean, just watching them, I, I, I don't see them going. I see them beating Carolina. I really do. But past that, I don't. I don't see them beating a team like like Washington, even though they've had their number in the past. I don't see them beating a team like like Boston. Uh, I don't. I don't. I just don't see it. I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how the Blackhawks are. I mean, it, it's it's a lot of the same. Like, you might in a three game series something could happen, and especially with the Rangers having three really good goalies on their roster, uh, having a you know some solid guys. Each one of those yeah. three guys could steal three games in a series, and when that happens. Yeah. You know, you could move on to the next round. Now, we originally thought they were the Blackhawks when we were coming into this, and then we come to find out, which we'll talk about a little bit later, that Corey Crawford might not even be available. It looks, it's mm-hmm. looking like he won't be. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah. that was kind of we thought it was going to be the same situation with the Blackhawks, but it's apparently not going to be. But back to the Rangers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a fun team. Like, um, a, a lot of youth, a lot of excitement. And I think Panarin fits in like that. Like, I don't care if he's close to 30 years old or whatever he is. Like Panarin looks like he's a 21 year old kid jumping around on the ice, smiling, laughing, having a good time. He's a good kid. He's a good yeah. player. We aren't really bitter about the fact that, um, that he had to go because the Blackhawks couldn't afford him because the Blackhawks have Jonathan Taze and the Blackhawks have, you know, uh, Patrick Kane, they have some big salaries they had to pay on the roster. So unfortunately it was going to get to a point where they weren't going to be able to afford him, and they didn't want to lose him and not get anything back. Unfortunately, when you, when you weigh the two sides, it doesn't quite, it's not very equal, unfortunately, no, but they not, got something for him. It's not, but, and I, you know, I had the opportunity to see the Rangers here in Columbus, um, this uh, this past season, and they were fun to watch. I think Kako was going to be a great player, and mm-hmm. um, I, you know, Panarin's always always fun to watch. And you know, as far as his relative age, um, you know, th- th- he's a complete gym freak, um, and I think he's a guy who's going to be productive well into his thirties, probably his late thirties, because he's so committed in the off season, um, and um, kind of unusual. Uh, relative to some Russian players in the past. And uh, he and Tarasenko both are, uh, are very committed to, uh, you know, to off-season training. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, this is, but, you know, it's funny, we're going back to the Hawks and Panarin and the loss of them. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you can argue that, that Brandon Saad was a terrible return for Artemi Panarin. But today, the Blackhawks have Brandon Saad and the Blue Jackets don't have anything with regard yeah. to the Panarin deal. So, in the, at the end, you know, you can argue that Bowman getting something um, may, may have may have actually been a good, a good move because Panera was never resigning in Chicago. 
we said that until we're blue in the face. And there's some people in Chicago still refuse to accept that, but it was never going to happen. He was never going to resign in Chicago. That's why they dealt him. So, okay. Which is a lot like, I don't want to compare it to the Robin Leonard thing because Robin Leonard would have actually signed here if he was given the right. He said he wanted to. Yeah. Which is, I had an argument. uh, Well, I didn't have an argument. I actually had to comment on Mr. Lazarus's uh, comment that, um, he was going a little bit overboard saying that uh, a lot of people are saying that Corey Crawford is really bad. There are a handful of loud mouths that think Corey Crawford is bad. For the most part, no one thinks he's bad. It's the fact that he's unreliable. He's injury prone. He has had two serious concussions. He's had, you know, uh, other injuries. He's disappeared off the grid now twice and he didn't show up for camp this year. He's unfit to play, which is, one of a couple of things. And again, we'll talk about that a little later, but um, it's, it's don't, don't conflate things too much here. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, and I got involved a little bit in some of that discussion as well. I mean, I I don't think anybody's saying that Corey Crawford hasn't been a a really, really good goalie. He, he has been, you know, there's some people saying that he's the best goalie in Blackhawk history. I don't agree with that, but I think he's right there in the top three. Um, the Blackhawks have had a long history and they've had a few really, really good goalies over the years. Um, but nobody's, nobody's taken that away from him or what he accomplished with this team. It's the last couple of years where there's some big question marks and, and it may be, it's not necessarily his character. As a matter of fact, I don't think it is. I think, I think if anything, he proved a lot last year when he came back and, and, you know, basically battled off a, a year of concussion syndrome. Um, to get back and play and play reasonably well at times. Um, but I think that he's fighting an uphill battle for the rest of whatever's left of his career with regard to that, because you don't get cured of it. And I yeah. will talk about that when we get into the why yeah. he's a force of why he's not with the team. Um, so it's, we're not, we're not taking anything away from him, but you Hawk fans, you got to stop living in the past. Remember what Mike Ditka said about living in the past. I have that somewhere. <laughs> the whole world gone crazy. <laughs> but, you know, listen to the coach. Now, don't listen to the coach about much because he's kind of a, a dope. But he was right about living in the past. And, uh, you know, the Hawk fans, gotta let, they got to let go of it. And, frankly, until they do, don't expect anything to change with the organization either. You know, we had that debate again today about, you know, whether they should rebuild or, or the, the great drama of resigning Dylan Strom. Who cares? Dylan Strom isn't that good, you know? I don't believe in living in the past. I think the past is for cowards. You live in the past, you die in the past. There you go. The coach. The coach. 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 (laughs) Sorry, we just went very Chicago on you. Hey, hey, it's all good. I I live close. I eat Portillo's. It's all good. (laughs) Um, Don't don't, don't get us started. No, but, I mean, I I love Corey Crawford. I think he's he's a great goalie. Best goalie in Blackhawks history. I cringed at that one. No, he's, he's not. He's like but, probably about four, maybe fourth. Yeah. Which is but, not a bad place to be. No, no, no. But I think yeah. you guys are in the same position, sort of, as we are with Henrik. Where he's an aging goaltender. He was great. But, I mean, you got a guy. And then the the defense, Chicago's defense is getting old. You got Keith. You got Seabrook and those Albatross contracts. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's tough to, and, and the other thing, I mean, you know, I'm looking at, you know, Dahan coming back and, and, and Seabrook coming back. 
all these the guys that you guys had down there, the rookies that were playing D. I mean, who are you guys? I mean, obviously you have to play Seabrook and you have to play DeHaan in the playoffs. Well, you know, they might not necessarily play Seabrook actually, yeah, uh, because he's coming yeah. off a hip surgery. But DeHaan's probably going to play bilateral hip surgery. Yeah, he had hip, hip she, surgery she on both hips and shoulder. And he's not, he's notoriously has, you know, concrete, wears concrete boots. So a guy who just came off a hip surgery, who's got, you know, who's slow in the first place against two of the fastest, two, three of the fastest players in the entire NHL with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. And then you have like Andreas Athanasiu, who's one of the fastest players in the NHL. And they have Tyler Ennis, who's actually a very fast player. They actually up their speed and you, and you're, you're going to expect Brent Seabrook who hasn't, really out of shape. It was shown in the first day. You're going to expect Brent Seabrook to be able to turn and burn with these guys. Good mm-hmm. luck. He should just stay on their own blue line. He shouldn't even come up. Yeah, just wait for him. <laughs> just wait. Just hang out. Yeah. It's going to be tough. And uh, what, I, I hadn't gotten the numbers, but how many years left does he have? Has he got three more years? Uh, oh, Crawford? Yeah. No, no. Seabrook. Seabrook. Seabrook, Seabrook and Keith, their contracts come up the same year. They got four more years, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I'll take exception, Don. I, I think, I think, and I think Gate agrees with me on this. Actually, Keith and his cap hit right now at five and a half million dollars, he's a huge bargain. Um, Cause he's, he's definitely still the Hawks best defenseman. Um, and he's, although he's not what he was four or five years ago, he's still, a, he's still a very good, good NHL defenseman. Um, I think with his contract, actually, even though it has that recapture clause at the end of it, um, mm. I, th- I think with his contract, I, I, I wouldn't be terribly surprised to see a team make a run at him at the trade deadline. I thought that would that might happen last year, too, because his, 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 his average annual value is quite good for the player he is. Seabrook, on the other hand, that's an albatross contract. It really yeah. is. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> And four more years of it, uh, and they have no way of getting out of it. They can't buy it out. They can't just terminate his contract because he would have to agree to that. And who's going to agree to that? Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, and he can't trade it. They can't do anything with it. He's going to be on the roster until he can't physically play hockey anymore, and then he's going to be put on long-term injured reserve Mm -hmm. for the rest of his contract. And that's just going to be the way it's going to go. I was a big proponent when they signed it that I thought that they were certain that the next uh, CBA was going to have some kind of compliance by in it. And we almost thought we were going to see one this time around uh, and that they were planning for that. They were going to use the compliance buyout, just figuring because it's the CBA was up around the time he was going to decline. And maybe they were trying to, you know, pull a quick one, but uh, that's not going to happen. So now they're in trouble. They can't leave him exposed in the expansion. Right. Yeah. Well, we don't want to expose ourselves. Well, <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, they they're gonna they're probably going to expose him, and I don't and I can't see why a team would take him because he's still gonna be a third pairing quality guy. And and if you look what happened with like Vegas in the in the draft, they went and they got a whole bunch of high quality defensemen that were like people's third defensemen that they couldn't hang on to, but. Was you know they, they they were like a one a one B quality uh, defenseman on another team, yeah. And they got you know some decent guys out there, and they played yeah. decent defense all year long, and they end up in the Cup final because of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you know even if Brent Seabrook was exposed then, I don't think uh, that Vegas would have taken him. Yeah, Vegas. I mean, Vegas. I think they kind of caught lightning in a bottle, and a lot of things went went right for them um, that first year. Um, 
Yeah, I, the only scenario I could see where somebody takes Seabrook is if they're if they need a, a veteran leader, and um, you know, because Seabrook is notoriously a good, you know, sort of red ass presence in the in the dressing room, and um, a leader and, and a guy who could tutor young defensemen, maybe. But I don't know if that's worth seven million dollars a year for five years. Yeah, no, it's you know. Let's talk for a second about our founding sponsors, PuckHockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. You've probably heard John and I talk about the Rink's Puck Hockey line of merch, but you might not know the amount of high-quality stuff they have to offer. These aren't just cheap T-shirts with a weak logo slapped on them. They're high-quality shirts, flannels, hats, sweatshirts, hoodies, shorts, and their hockey sweater collaborations are unparalleled. They also have masks, backpacks, stickers, and posters as well. This is your one-stop shop for the best hockey and music collaborative apparel lines. The Puck Hockey collaborations aren't just with heavy metal bands either. They have really cool lines with Snoop Dogg and a couple of popular hockey documentaries you might have seen or heard of, Ice Guardians and Making Coco, the Grant Fuhrer story. If you're interested in the heavy metal line like I am, they have an extensive roster of popular thrash and heavy metal bands. Just listen to this list of legendary groups. Anthrax, Exodus, Lamb of God, Meshuga, Opeth, Overkill, Testament, Cannibal Corpse, and many more. Even their exclusive line of puck hockey stuff is really cool with the new hockey pentagram logo and their shoot pucks, not people line. Not only are they founding sponsors of ours, but we've been fans and customers of their stuff for years prior to them joining the rink's list of partners. Puck hockey continues to step up their game and bring in more big names all the time. So support the-rink.com by heading over to www dot puckhockey.com that's p-u-c-k-h-c-k-y.com fill up your cart with some high quality gear and use the discount code the rink t-h-e-r-i-n-k at checkout for 10 percent off of all of your orders make sure to follow them on social media because they do run 15 and 20 percent off specials as well if you use that instead send our friends matt and amy a message in the comment section and tell them that gate and jj over at the-rink.com sent you maybe even throw in a rink t-shirt and hat to go along with your order. You get free shipping with orders over $100 and they'll throw in free goodies too. What's not to love? Remember, that's P U C K H C K Y.com and discount code the rink. Oh man, let's go. So, so yeah. let's wrap up the let's wrap up the Rangers really quick. Donnie, what's your prediction for what's going to happen? I, I think they go 5 with Carolina and depending on who they play next out of those 4, th- there's no way and that's 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 my head talking. My heart, of course, like I said earlier, but I have to think like like a hockey guy and, and and knowing the team. And I think they need this experience. I think they they got lucky with this. They were still only one point out at the stoppage. They were one point out, uh, so it could have happened anyway if the season continued. But they're in. I I do think uh, by the skin of their teeth they get by Carolina. I think they go five games, and I, I think they. I mean. It looks like if they it, – it depends on who with the the stupid round robin, which was ridiculous to begin with. I never understood. Yeah, they don't know who they're going to play. Yeah. Yeah. But either one of those four, I think the best – the best because of the history, I think the best team they have a chance against is Philadelphia. Other than that, Boston, yeah. Boston, um, Washington, and Tampa, don't, <clears throat> no way. No yeah. way. There's yeah, no I, can, I agree with you. I mean, uh, the good the good thing is the Rangers are strong in net, and and yeah. usually a team that that steals around or whatever is strong in net. They have a goalie who can carry them or could steal those games. And uh, 
Carolina, while they're they're a pretty good team, they got some good players on that team. They're not really strong in net. They have good defensemen and they have nice young forwards, but in net, they're a little bit iffy. So um, the, the the Rangers could use that advantage in net possibly to to get through there, and, and we'll see. I guess you know that would be yeah, that would other- be cool. You want to see some you want to see some upsets in the in the in the in this thing. Oh, of course, but but the one thing I will say, where again you look at it from this whole COVID thing for these rookies that are going into the playoffs, it's not the atmosphere it would normally be. So they're not going to get rattled as easy. There's not away fans. There's not any crazy. I mean, it's still, and and there's no, I mean, this is longer. This time off has been longer than a regular off season. So you're looking at guys that have fresh legs. The Rangers are the youngest team in the league. So it could, it could work in their favor. I still just don't see it happening, but I mean, normally in a regular playoff, when you go into Boston, you go into, you know, a crazy arena full of fans, you're going to rattle a couple rookies that are playing, whether it be Shesterkin, Capo, you know, all those guys. So it's not going to be the case. So we'll see. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got nothing to lose. That's the thing. They got nothing to lose. They're playing with house money and they got nothing to lose. 12.5 12.5 chance to to get the first pick in the draft if they lose. So hey, yeah. our boy our boy Aaron Goldschmidt commented on the uh, on the Facebook live. He said, uh, "Came to the Rangers for picks and prospects. Chicago retains the money, takes back Lundy. Pitch it." <laughs> and he's just stirring the pot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the pot on that one. I mean, hey, I mean, I I don't think they would trade Lundquist for anything. I really don't. He's a Ranger. He's a Ranger for life. They want to get this man a cup. I mean, they're they're really running yeah. out of chances. Uh, He'd be a lot further from a cup if he came to Chicago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and not to knock on on Chicago either. I mean, I think the whole Seabrook thing is really holding him back from rebuilding as well. Yeah. But well, I there's mean, a there's a couple of things that yeah. are holding him back. Yeah, there's there's an organizational problem. With and then in that recently, we we think maybe changing, but with Stan Bowman still around. And I kind of mentioned this in our, our staff chat the other day, like with Bowman still around. I just, I don't see them taking the steps necessary, but yeah. who knows? It may change without John McDonough around. We, we don't know for sure. We don't think it's going to change, but it could. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I'm thankful for Jeff Gordon. I mean, when Sather stepped down, and, and and Gordon made all those changes and those trades and got rid. I mean, yeah, he got rid of some players that I really love. He really did. He sent them all to Tampa Rangers 2.0. Down there. <laughs> but you know what? He made the right moves, man. He I, I don't know what he did. He worked his magic. He did his thing. He pulled some Harry Potter stuff. I don't know what he did, but he really pressed. He really pressed on the accelerator for the rebuild. And it's it's there. Don, let, me, just, let me interrupt you because I, I'm just really glad you brought this up. And I, I just hope that. Any Blackhawk fans who listen to this show, um, either now or later on. All fives uh, of them. Right now, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just assuming that several thousand people will listen to it later on. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but what you're talking about is what we've been telling the Blackhawks to do. And, you know, the fact that, that Gordon wrote the letter, look, here's what's going to happen. Here's what you can expect. Here's why we're doing it. That kind of honesty I, this is what we've been asking for from the Blackhawks, you know, and, and to say, look, 
we recognize that some hard decisions are going to have to be made and some unpopular decisions. So far, the Blackhawks have shown no willingness to do that. Um, they're they the complete maintaining this, right. They're maintaining they hang on to this. Pass. They, they, they hang on all this, this three cup stuff. Right. And, uh, right. And, instead of moving five on. years old. Yeah. And there's this, this pipe dream that this core, which keeps getting older every year and more banged up is, is, you know, if they can move a few pieces around and, go get Dylan Secura and go get Dylan Strom and move him in and this guy over here and go get some guy from Europe every year. It does, We're getting the same <laughs> results. And what they, they don't seem willing to do is to, to bite the bullet and do what, what, what your leadership and your management did and look at, look at the results that it didn't take long. It didn't take mm-hmm. long at all. Yeah, and, so you know, beautiful. I think, I just think it's hopefully this will be the year uh, 2021 season where, They'll finally start to see, you know, that that this thing is is doomed. Because even if they make the playoffs this year, which I guess is possible, even if they make the playoffs, they're not going deep because they just don't have the horses anymore. Their best players are all getting old. And the young guys who've been coming up, I think Doc is going to be a very good player. I think Bulkfist is going to be a very good player. But you need many more of those kinds of guys. You need big, yeah. bold moves, like going out and getting – a, a, an unrestricted free agent like Artemi Panarin, and you need to pick high in the draft year after. Or Jacob year. Truba. Or Jacob Truba, exactly. Big moves. Yeah. Not these. Well, not this debate over how you're going to re-sign Dylan Strom. If I hear that again, my head's going to explode. <laughs> That's what's wrong with this team right now. Yeah, is that crap? We can't afford to re-sign Dylan Strom. Who cares? His He's not good. Not <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm done. I mean, I mean, he's he's definitely kind of slipped down the chart a little bit with the way Kirby Doc is his, you know, Kirby Doc is more of the second line center of the Chicago Blackhawks than Dylan Strom is probably right now. And Dylan Strom's what a third line center. So, okay. Or a third line wing. I mean, he's becoming Artem Anisimov 2.0. He may not not be as good as Anisimov was. I mean, Anisimov at least had value defensively. I I don't know. I'm not a big Dylan I think he's a good kid, but I, I just I'm not a big fan of his of his game. Yeah, I liked I liked Artie when he was with us. I mean, he, yeah. he was all right. He was one of those guys where, yeah, he wouldn't score for 12 games and then he'd get a hat trick. <laughs> like well, he, it was one of those things. He worked really well with uh, Patrick Kane and, and our Timmy Panarin. He that was, was good, really good on their line, and that that's great. what you know. He he got plugged in a pretty good situation there for about what 18 months, yeah. where he was you know he looked like a really good second line center, but then you started to see how slow he was. And, uh, you know, he was cocky. He wasn't a hard worker at all. That's one thing that he was not watching him with the Rangers. He did not work hard. He wasn't in the corners. He wasn't doing anything. He was, he was a lazy hockey player, but he, you know, like, and, and I sounds like to- you're talking about Nick Schmalt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean he, 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 he's, you know, obviously I, I can't pinpoint a lot of, you know, I don't want to sound like Don Cherry, all the Russian hockey players, but, you know, it's it's a stereotype, unfortunately. I mean, you have the one-offs, like you said, Tarasenko, Panarin, obviously, you know, Ovechkin. Guys it's like changing. That, but... It's starting to change. Oh, for sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, 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 and it's funny, the landscape in Europe, period, is changing. So you're getting all these guys from, yeah. you know, the Swiss League, Germany, Norway, places like that. It's great. And I love seeing that. Like, one of the top guys in the draft this year, I think he's from – uh, Germany, Germany too. Yeah. Uh, Stutzel. 
Yeah, Stutzel, and then the guy on Detroit that they drafted last year, Cider, Moritz Cider. Moritz Cider, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's going to be a really nice player. Yeah, you're getting And actually, that's the Blackhawks said Dominic Cahoon from who was the player on the German national team over there. I mean, he's yeah. not German per se, but he was a resident of Germany and he played on their national team. Yeah. Isn't um, um what isn't um uh, our uh, guy, the other guy the Kubelik is didn't he play for the German national team too? Or am I hallucinating? No, Czech. He's a Czech. Czech, okay. He's a Czech, and he played in the Swiss League, actually. Or, yeah, Swiss League, I think. But, yeah, he was the leader in the Swiss League. He was the leader in the Swiss League two years ago in scoring. And then the the guy that they signed today, I think his name is Pius Suter. Suter. Yeah. Yeah. He was the leader leader in scoring this year. So they have their back-to-back scoring leaders from the Swiss League now are in the Blackhawks. Uh, organization it's a shame they can't play in the playoffs this year because i think you guys would see a lot from these guys i mean i watched a couple highlight videos and the two defensemen uh kilenic and and ian mitchell i mean man just solid yeah, guys well, ian mitchell you're you're like again this is you looking from the outside and we see this all the time the okay. ian mitchell thing has been an ongoing saga for like two and a half three years really um in chicago about whether he's going to sign is he going to sign is he not going to sign is he going to sign he's not gonna... and there's this been this teeth gnashing back and forth what he was going to sign. There was never any doubt he wasn't going to sign in Chicago. He said from right. the beginning he was going to sign in Chicago, and he did. Uh, but because people are a little bit touchy because they've had a couple of draft picks that have not signed to kind of fled in other places. Like this year it was Ryan Shea, and a couple of years ago, I mean, they had like Kevin Kevin Hayes. Yeah, so Kevin Hayes. it's happened. It was never happening with, with Ian Mitchell, though. Ian Mitchell has actually – and Aaron and uh, Mario, we talked about earlier, we, we saw them in camp the first year when they when they drafted him. And we've been big fans of Ian Mitchell, you know, ever since they drafted him. It's but it's been a wait for him to go through college and stuff like that. And he, he might be a good maybe middle pair defenseman someday. He's not going to step right into the lineup and do it, just like Adam Boakvist did in this year. It, he struggled a little bit. He's young. He's going to need to learn. Um, I don't know that it, even if Ian Mitchell could play, that Ian Mitchell probably would not be in the top six right now for the Blackhawks because of experience. You don't want to throw a kid, a kid who's never played a shift of NHL hockey to have his first experience against the best player in the world. Uh, You know, that's, you'd have to heavily shelter him for that. He's just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. Uh, but that's not to take away from the point that, that these players that they, they uh, Blackhawks signed, uh, Pius Suter, Wyatt Kellenek, and uh, now Ian Mitchell, uh, yeah. they, they made those official, um, are going to be, you know, useful pieces in the organization. Uh, yeah. That's that's about all you can say at this point. They might be they might be useful pieces in Rockford, or they might be useful pieces in, uh, you know, in Chicago. Uh, we, we don't really know. The Pius Suter thing, I said it today. I'm watching, looking for the meatheads out there that are going to say, oh, well, he's going to have the same numbers that Dominic Kubelik had this year because he played in the same league and he led the yeah. league in scoring. We, it's That's not necessarily how it works. Um, <laughs> Pius Suter is probably going to be more of Dominic Cahoon. Than, and, and this is uh, uh, Tyler Cameron and I kind of went back and forth on Twitter about this. We were agreeing about this, uh, that he'd be more of a Dominic Kubelik. Or, or, I mean, uh Cahoon than he would be a Kubalik, which is not to say he's not a useful player. He's a guy under a million dollars. He could play center. He could play wing. He could uh, he could score. He's always got the skill to score. So if he if he's a good third line winger, like that's yeah. that's a win in in Stan Bowen's book. That's I mean, not a disappointment. 
If you're going to make it Dominic Kubelik, you better be able to shoot that puck because Dominic Kubelik can shoot that puck. That's good. Yeah. You really can't. Yeah. He's, and he's that was the watch. When I was cutting up the, the highlight video for last year for Kubelik coming in, that was the one thing I noticed. They used him on the point on the power play. They they get they they let him use his cannon. He and can. I saw a lot of that. Man. Yeah, he's he can bring really it down. Good. He's got a shot, that's for sure, and it's something that. I mean, you know, he reminds me of a little bit. I mean, he's he's a he's a left hand shot. But he reminds me a little bit of number seventy two. He really does. Panarin. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. He's not he's not as dynamic as Panarin. He's not um, as fast as Panarin. No, he's not. But he's not as slow as you say either. I mean, you keep saying he's slow, and I don't think he's, he's a slow. Kind player. of lumbering a little bit. Oh. I think he's his skating style is a little wonky, but I think, I think he's I think he's closer to Victor Edsel than he is Artemi Panarin in no, speed. No, <laughs> yeah, Victor Edsel, man, I'm closer to Victor Edsel. <laughs> um, but no, I and I think, but I think um, he's got man that shot. He it's he can time it and he can place it, and yeah. it's 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 lethal. And he's yeah. he's also smart. You watch him if you watch him. And how he moves and, and how he gets in a position to shoot. I mean, that's a guy who's going to get a lot of goals. And I, you know, I don't know. He he strikes me as being a little bit more dynamic than 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 even DeBrinket is. And it'll be interesting to see over their careers who who ends up being the better player. Yeah, that's kind of what the way I kind of look at Kubalik is in the same uh, ballpark is Alex DeBrinket. They they both have, you know. They both know how to shoot. They both know how to find a place, you know, a soft spot in the offensive zone to shoot. And yeah. they've got pretty good shots. Um, while Kubelik's a little slower than Debrinkit, but he's bigger than Debrinkit. So they both have their their qualities that push them to that level. I don't think he's slower than Debrinkit. I think he is. <laughs> Debrinkit's pretty, pretty fast. He got he had some, he was faster this year than he was uh, years previous. Yeah. And and I'm known as the Debrinket hater, but I think he he was faster this year. It didn't help him any, certainly not, because he's got ten goal. You know, he's he's only got you know nineteen goals or whatever. Um, yeah. So it didn't he help him score any. He could have forty. I mean, if he if he gets you know in the right situation, he gets the right guy feeding Hopefully. him the puck, he could easily yeah. have forty. I mean, I don't want to write off Alex Debrinket. I think he's got a better upside than Dylan Strome, for example. But I think that. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because I, I, to me, Kubelik is a more dynamic player, um, and that shot is just devastating. It is, but I mean, yeah, Kubelik also played in pro leagues. Was playing in a pro league right. before he came here. Right. Debrinket sure. came right from junior. Um, Debrinket's considered, you know, younger. Kubelik's a little older. So again, there's there's ups and downs to each player, but um, I think they're kind of like in the same echelon. Yeah, same type they of do, player, same style yeah. of player. Yeah. Right, they're secondary scoring, they're supportive yeah. scoring, scoring, yeah. which is fine. The Blackhawks, scoring yeah, people people think that like if we don't say that they're the best player in the entire NHL, we're ragging on them. We're not ragging on them. Having Dominic Kubalik to be a good second line, the equivalent of what they you know used for a first round draft pick in uh, Alex Debrinket. Now they have a Dominic Kubalik who's in the same general echelon of players. Uh, mm-hmm. That's pretty good. They got him for a fifth round draft pick. I mean, yeah, yeah. they was I mean, thrown if, away by uh, by L.A. And yeah. from an from an outsider looking in, watching uh, Kubalik play, I mean, I think he's just as good on the puck as he is off the puck as well. He's he finds his way yeah. into scoring, sh- and and with his shot, that's just going to be lethal. And as he grows 
and you get like like you guys said, as you get the if you get the right line mates with them, yeah, forget yeah. it. The same thing with the yeah. brinket. I mean, you guys yeah. have you guys have pieces there, and 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 yeah. again, looking as an outsider, I just started watching the Blackhawks, so I'm in by no means, you know, like I am with the Rangers, but watching them and, and going to games because I'm closer, so I can go check out a Blackhawks game, even though man, they are expensive. But I mean, going, you know, going to a game and watching these guys, they have the pieces there. It's just a shame when you see a guy like Seabrook get burned and yeah. then Crawford just gives up on the play. And, you know, at the at the end of the day, I mean, that's the thing that, that I hate to watch. But you have these young yeah. guys like Doc and, and, and Kubalik and the Brinkett. I mean, and then, you know, muddled with Kane and Taves. I mean, you can't hate on either one of those guys. So, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I, I feel, and that's why, and, and, and I hate to hijack the conversation as far as, and go back to the playoffs, but no, you're good. I, I feel, I do feel that they can beat Edmonton. Now, some Blackhawks fans and even you guys may say that could possibly be the worst thing for them and management to give them hope to stay the course possibly. But I, I just feel with the, a mix of the young guys and the experience and you know with Taves and and Kane and Keith, I don't know I, the, the problem now. And I said this before Crawford was uh, unfit to play. Now you, I mean, what are you going to do? You have Dell and you have Subban. Yeah, yeah Delia. So and Subban. Delia, sorry. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I think that the Blackhawks as an organization need the number one overall pick a lot more than they need a, uh, an appearance in the second round of the playoffs. Hundred yeah. percent. They this core is done winning Stanley Cups. They're done. They're not going to do it. They don't. There's not enough there anymore. Well, and, at least not know, in this contract cycle. Unless they were to come back like on more budget friendly deals to you know be the veteran in the room, play third line center kind of thing. Yeah, but not but in this contract cycle. You, but then you need that that excellent core of players to mm-hmm. to win to win a Stanley Cup that you don't have right now. And when you talk about, for example, the all the pieces being there. They've got they've now they've got a couple of good young scoring wings. They do. Um, I, I you know I don't know if Kubalik or Debrinket are ever going to be what you call great three zone players. Um, you know Brandon Sod's a really good three zone winger, but he's not a he's not a big time scorer anymore. Although he's had thirty goals plus a couple of years in the NHL, so and he's only twenty six. But the thing about you mentioned about Kirby Doc, his development is so important to the Blackhawks because there's you know there's st- Still some question out there. I think whether he's going to be a center or whether he's going to be a wing, and yeah. probably scoring winger. In terms of they've got to get they, they first of all they need a first line center of the future. Second of all, they need a second line center now. Um, they're weak down the middle, and the, and the team's really been notoriously weak down the middle for years. Even going back to the Cup years, that was always something they did at the deadline was go out and get a center and. Um, you know, then the defense needs to be rebuilt. And then, you know, you, you can look at the scoring and, and the, the top six, but you need an effective bottom six too. And that's something that this team's been missing for five years. I mean, you need guys who could go out and wear the other teams down. And David Camp isn't going to do that. I, I don't think so. No. <laughs> and, you know, Zach Smith isn't going to. And, and, um, well, yeah, clearly he's Carpenter, not now okay. because he's unfit to play. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Carpenter. Okay. He's, he's a good, he's a, he's a good guy, but you need five more of those. Yeah, I, I like Ryan Carpenter. So, so the point is, is that there, it just seems, it just seems the the Blackhawks need more really, really good or potentially really good 
difference-making players, and and they don't have enough of those yet. I still would argue that Kubalik and Dabrinkit are going to be more secondary-type players, but those you know those real fundamental players of a championship team, young guys. I think Doc maybe, Bolkvist maybe, but they have a long way to go, and they have a lot yeah. of going to do before they get there doc, doc is and i know it's only camp i know it's only been training camp but the, the few videos that i've seen of kirby doc he looks like he's really asserting himself and he's you know stayed in shape and he's, he was going hard to the net and stuff like that so that's, that's all right. stuff we want to see yep. hopefully he could develop into that that guy who would be the second line center and win some uh, face-offs yeah, so yeah. definitely but <laughs> i mean a, you know he's still he's young a, it's his first year in the nhl yeah. coming right out of junior so yeah <clears throat> Way too early to write him off. I, I think he's going to be a really good player, whether it's at wing or at center. But they mm-hmm. need they need a, they need a couple of centers actually um, mm-hmm. for the future. I mean, and that's seems, kind of he seems like to say that was just kind of why why we want them to to get another high pick. We want them to bring in another high end forward to go along with Doc and that younger core because they've got enough defensemen. There's no reason they would need to go out and get another, you know, puck moving defenseman. They've got a thousand of them in their, in their, you know, to varying degrees and they need a goalie or they need some more scoring forwards. Yeah. And you know what? I would tell Hawk fans too, to, to watch this series and look at guys like Darnell nurse and um, um, Adam Carlson. I think that's his name. Adam Carlson. Lars Larson. Larson, Adam Larson, sorry. Adam There's Larson. so many games leads out there. I can't keep it straight anymore. <laughs> Adam Larson, but look at guys like Nurse and Larson, Oscar Clefbaum, guys like that, um, you know, their, their, their size and, how, you know, their, their style of play. I think the Hawks need one or two young guys like that too. I really do. You can't have a defense full of five, five foot 11, 170-pound defensemen who really aren't very effective in their own end. You're going to get torched every night if, if that's your defense. Yeah. It's not. Not just about defensemen scoring. Defensemen got to defend too, you know. Yeah, yeah you don't see like Adam Bofist blocking a lot of shots, or uh, no. you know, breaking up two on ones or three on ones or, or stuff like that. I mean, it's just not his thing. You're going to see him in the other end dancing around below, below the other goal line. And you know yeah. what? If it works, great. That's wonderful. That's something that you don't see a whole lot in the NHL. But you're going to need guys on the back end too. They're going to need to be able to cover for that kind of play. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think you I can't think have the same player everywhere. Yeah, That's I think insanity. I'd like to see him become another Duncan Keith. I don't think he will. I think his top, his his upside is really an Eric Carlson type of player. Um, and, um, I think that, uh, you know, again, that's great, but you, you've got to compliment those guys. You know, when, when Ottawa had those great teams, they had Eric Carlson, but they also had Cody CC, you know, and they had, um, they had other guys who could play, who could play defense. And, um, those guys are not glamorous, you know, the Nicholas Jalmersons, they're not glamorous, but those are guys who are so fundamental to winning in the NHL, especially in the playoffs. So yeah, again, I, I think just it's a good it's a good conversation, Don, and I, and I appreciate your perspective from the outside. Um, but you know, we live this team every day, and and we know we know where the bodies are buried. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I understand that. I, I I completely understand, and it's just you know I, I want to see you know a team like the Hawks you know do well. Uh, I mean, being uh, you know they're my adopted team now at this point. You know, my, <laughs> you know the guys on the on the Western Conference, so. You know, I'm going to, you know, starting to follow them a little bit more um, mm-hmm. like I do the Rangers. I mean, and like I said, you know, prior to recording, you know, I, you know, I, they only play the Rangers twice a year. So I really don't care. Obviously, I root for the Rangers yeah. when I go, but, you know, whatever. I mean, they're, I, 
again, I still like watching them. I think they're an exciting team to watch. They just have, and like you guys said, you know, management issues and, you know, a, a direction that they don't know which way they're going yet. But mm. I think that I think they'll get there. They have the pieces. They do. Yeah. But it's just a matter of how they want to do it. And, and I think the Rangers are now one of those teams that are like the poster child for these kind of rebuilds. And it's weird because mm-hmm. we've never we've never been in that light before <laughs> and, and me knowing the Rangers and where the bodies are buried. Like we've never been yeah. in that light. And it's well, because say there, and that's because Glenn say there was a lot like how Stan Bowman was hanging on to veterans too long because they were big names for marketing and, yeah. you know, X, all the ex Oilers he brought in while it worked at the beginning, then it, that, that was not working anymore. You know, yeah. bringing all his old buddies, you know, all the coaches were all his old buddies. It was kind of, it was kind of like, you know, that whole thing once they kind of cleaned in the front office they cleaned the front office out they got a guy in there with a fresh perspective that was going to make some moves and not you know he didn't have any favorites from you know the last team that he was gm at that he was going to bring in and that's that's good it's good for you guys it's good for the range it's good for new york yeah i mean for the nhl yeah i mean it's always great and that's the other thing too it's always good to see an original six team doing well and and you know the blackhawks the rangers you know i mean I, except I, Toronto. We don't want to see it. I or just like, yeah. I just like <laughs> Toronto. I don't mind Detroit uh, living in the Detroit area for a little bit. When I moved to the Midwest, that's okay. You know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's nice to see. I, I, I just dislike Toronto. I hate their attitude. Their fans suck going out there. They're, they're just brutal people. They right there with them is, is Tampa Bay because I, ugh, you, you wear a Ranger Jersey to Tampa and it's like, they, they, like John said earlier, they cry about it. Like, oh my god, you that's can't. what it is with Nashville. Yeah, it's it's brutal, and and I got I got so much crap for it. And it's like, first of all, there's more Ranger fans here than anyone. It's like the sixth borough in New York. Calm down. You have right. half our team. Right. You have half our rejects that right. we didn't want. I shouldn't say that. I miss McDonough. I really do. Um, but sounds a lot like Arizona and Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, all the Chicago you know, uh, rejects. Yeah, I I just I don't know. Toronto, Tampa, and don't get me started on the Islanders. I'm not even going to go there. I don't even like saying that. <laughs> but yeah, well, we know a little bit about the Islanders with having you know Robin Leonard this year, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. my buddy that whole that, that's a whole weird situation. But my buddy that lives back home in New York is really good friends with uh, Calvin DeHaan because um, mm, okay. he played for the Islanders. Mm-hmm. He's friends with a lot of the Islanders, which I just hate that he's friends with them, but. Yeah, I mean, Dahan seems like a good dude. Uh, you know, excited to see him come back, hopefully, yeah. and, and yeah, do he well. Is, he is the Hawks' second best defenseman, and there were some nights this year where he was the Hawks' best defenseman. I think the thing with him is, is that you know that shoulder I think is going to be a constant uh, nagging problem uh, over the remainder of his career. And there was some concern that that after this latest flare this year, that it might be the end. And um, we'll see, um, because the Hawks, if they're going to, if they have any chance at all against Edmonton, I think, I think he's got to be, he's got to be playing 20 plus minutes a night and, um, you know, really playing a big role and really stepping up, um, you know, because the, the, everybody else on that defense with the exception of Duncan Keith is a question mark. Do you think, do you think he plays against McDavid when he's on the ice? Dahan? Healthy. Keith will for sure. Yeah. And they're both left side players. Um, so I don't know if, if they would play together. Um, but Keith, will, I, Keith I, I, I think what's been know. going on in, in at least camp is that Keith's been playing with Bolquist, which oh, is, wow. but 
Wow. I, that's what they've been saying has been going on in camp. Yeah, well, yeah. Bolquist is going to get a baptism by fire. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like, well, you know what? Marks. If you go in there and say, oh, what the hell? We're just going for experience. We're not expecting anything out of this. Then fine, yeah. you know. Yeah. Go down guns a blazing. Let the kids figure out figure out what's going on. Let them feel it. You know, feel the, the playoff atmosphere for, for a little while. I don't hate on that at all. Let Doc see it. Let Bocas see it. Let you know uh, these players see what it's like to be in a playoff type atmosphere. I totally agree with with, with how play is so much different than it is. You know, during the regular season, and uh, you know you got to get kind of a taste of it. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is the uh, I, totally I think agree. this is the, yeah I think this is the best time to do it too. I mean, in this kind of situation, uh, like I said earlier, there's no atmosphere in these arenas. There's no fans. There's no no fans breathing down your neck, making fun of you, you know, cracking on you and chanting your name or anything like that in the playoffs. There's no well, towel even. Uh, allegedly, the league now oh. has asked people to to record videos of oh, chants, which you is heard what I said. So stupid. cringy. Yeah, stupid. I will refuse to. If the Rangers reached out to me, I tell them to go kick rocks. I'm not doing they, that. They, they, yeah, what? the Chicago's done it with several. Uh, I've seen the emails that they've sent out to do they're it. Trying it's to so like cringeworthy. Soccer. They're trying to be like soccer teams where they got the cardboard cutouts and all the BS. And that's cool. But what are you going to every between every game, the, the 30, 40 minutes you have, you're going to change the cardboard cutouts to the home team. And that just Apparently, sounds stupid. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I like what they did in the Korean baseball league where they put the, the stuffed animals in the crowd. I thought that was cool. That was funny. Yeah, they, also you know, had, you, they also had wanted, sex dolls. Yeah. They got in trouble for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was funny, actually. Uh, you know, Gary Bettman, it, this, you know, it's just, it's always some gimmick with him, you know? And I mean, this whole crowd voice thing, I mean, come on. Just really? Yeah. You dumb it down that way. Like, we know there's nobody there. Right. Yeah. Stop with the charade. We know. I, I personally would love, me personally, and I've said this in my podcast, if they left the mics on the ice and let the players say whatever they wanted, I think that would get ratings up. Cool I, I, as a hockey nerd, as hockey nerds like yeah. John and I are and you are, like I, I love hearing that because I'm used to hearing that. I play hockey. I, I'm used yeah. to hearing that kind of talk on the ice. It's interesting for me to hear it. But, but you know no. you're gonna get you're also gonna get those people out there that are offended by when a guy says fuck or shit or whatever, which is you know yeah. unfortunate, but that's gonna happen. Yeah, hockey players historically have uh, used some pretty salty language on the ice. Every sport does that though. Yeah, every true. sport. That's true. What are they that's gonna do true. with baseball? What are they gonna do with baseball when someone strikes out? Come on, I, yeah. I don't get first thing the guy that yells is fuck. Yeah, yeah. Don't care if it's in in Spanish or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, it don't matter. So I. I don't know. I, I think it, I think the league would benefit by just keeping it out there and not having a tape delay and just leaving it out on the ice. Uh, it, whatever, man. Who? Yeah, unfortunately, that's not going to happen because you know they're going to be scared of some some Karen calling in saying that my Bobby <laughs> heard you say shit and I'm yeah. very upset. Meanwhile, he goes to public school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he goes to public school and he says that to his friends. Yeah, when he's I say this as a parent. And yeah, I say this yeah. as a parent who knows that he has kids that say that to their friends. Yeah. Kids so, sitting so. in his room playing Fortnite, cursing at 2 a.m., but you're worried yeah. about him watching the game. Hell out of here. You, 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 you don't play Fortnite with my kid at 2.30 in the morning, do you? Because it sounds a lot like him. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. My daughter <laughs> might. My daughter might, yeah. but not me. Yeah. That's yeah. not me. That's not what I do. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reel it right back in so that we can wrap this thing up. And I want to talk about kind of how uh, the, the developments that have happened because I don't want to miss them. Uh, we probably will do another one next week because there's probably gonna be more developments, but I'm going to kind of ramble kind of down, down this, we could talk about it or we could just, you know, 
move on from it. But um, uh, the the we talked about the team needing to change. Danny Wirtz has implemented this new thing, this all for one slogan, which is now apparently replaced. They didn't officially replace it, but it, it seems like it's replaced the one goal, the old one goal thing that they were doing. Um, it's a slogan. It doesn't matter. I don't care too much about it. It is. I. I. The biggest thing to me is it's change. It's some kind of change. Move on from the past. Let's start looking forward. And uh, so I'm happy with. I, I'm okay with it. I don't care either way. If they kept the one goal, I wouldn't care either. So. But is it really a change, or is it just? Is it just you know basically a, a different play from the same playbook? You know, let's let's have a clever marketing slogan. Let's, you know, put the usual spin on our, our off-season moves. And, um, well, you're an ad guy, though, man. You know that's no, how it I goes. Know. Every company no, does listen, it. Listen, well, you know but what? It is a frankly, frankly I, I, think, I think John McDonough in many ways lucked in to a great situation when he came to the Hawks. I think bringing back Pat Foley, putting the games on home TV, those are no-brainer, low-hanging fruit, as they say in the ad game. But I, but I think he, he, some of the campaigns were great. I thought, I thought the one goal campaign for the first few years was fun and, and smart. And, um, but so this, it just seems like, Hey, let's come up with a new marketing slogan, but it's still the same off season, you know, hype from the PR PR department about some guy they're sending from Europe or some college kid. And, you know, I, I want to see bigger change from this organization and from Danny Wirtz. Um, I, I'm a little concerned that they got rid of McDonough, and but they they're not really changing the playbook at all, and, and that as an organization, and that really concerns me because, you know, it's hard to say McDonough was was the entirety of the problem. Um, if if they keep doing things exactly the same way, he wasn't the problem. You know, you, yeah. you got to change the behaviors. You got yeah the way you do. I don't know. But just an ad campaign, probably not. Shouldn't read too much into it. But I'm kind of anxious. I mean, we we thought they they were going to make a move for a new GM or for a new head of hockey operations. I don't think it's going to happen with all these yeah. promotions they did. Not recently. now, they're not. I don't think no. it's going to happen. No. Yeah. No. Well, so that's that. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pause for a second here. I know Don's Don's got he's short on time, so he's going to have to take off. And you and I, John, are going to talk about the rest of this. But right. uh, John, uh, Don, one more time, you want to give out, uh, you know, your uh, your Twitter again. And your uh, podcast name so that people can yeah. look it up. Absolutely. Again, uh, on Twitter, we're uh, at Game On Everyone. Uh, Instagram is at Game On Sports Podcast. YouTube is the whole name, Game On, the sports podcast for everyone. Uh, I usually do, for the hockey fans, I do my hockey show. It comes out on Mondays uh, on YouTube. So uh, definitely check it out. Um, yeah, Jeff, John, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, honestly, can't on, wait to, yeah, I would love would love to do it again sometime during mm-hmm. the playoffs. Talk a little, you know, once I get my Blackhawk knowledge up, uh, keep up with you guys a little bit. But um, thanks again. Um, yeah. Looking forward to the playoffs, and we'll be in contact, boys. Yeah, take care, man. We'll see you later. Right. Take care, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, Tom. All right, bye-bye, guys. All right, cool. That was cool. Thanks, uh, thanks, Donnie, for joining us. <clears throat> Added a little new flavor to the to the mix here. So, anyway. Yeah, you got that New York Street vibe. It was good. Yeah, it was. I, was, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, but that's really cool. Uh, well, well, when Juliana can come on sometime, she can come on. She can talk about the Rangers too, because she's, she's our resident uh, Rangers expert. She couldn't come on today. She wasn't feeling well. And uh, 
so she couldn't come on, but next time she will. But anyway, back to the Blackhawks, we were saying uh, the new slogan thing. I, I don't care too much about it, honestly. It's just, it, to me, it's a slogan. If you're making, if you're making a change, hopefully that, that indicates you'll make more changes, and that's all I can say. Uh, that's just the only way I can think about it. Otherwise, I don't care either way. Yeah. Um, but you were saying about the promotions, demotions. Al McIsaac, who was the assistant general manager, was actually – technically demoted sent more over to like a, a scouting uh he's gonna run like some scouting stuff uh and then they promoted three guys i don't remember exactly which three guys they were i don't know i don't know one was mark eaton but they promoted uh they promoted those three who are going to now each take a, a portion of the duties of the assistant gm and and do them so there's no you're not going to have one assistant gm you're going to actually kind of have three and elma guys that moved to a different part in the uh, organization i know i think you have some feelings on the uh you know more of the back office stuff than i do you're more aware of how it's structured and stuff so you you go ahead and take it away no i just think that i, I just think that um when you hand out all these promotions it pretty much says that you're not bringing in a new um head hockey person um because why, why make, why promote all these people if you're going to hire somebody else and they're going to completely <laughs> turn things over. So I guess they're making a commitment to keeping Bowman around and, and as GM. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, uh, I've, I've gone back and forth on Bowman over the years. Um, but I think the, the he's had his good sections so, and he's had his bad sections for sure. Yeah, and the last year or so has been hard. And um, I think going back to um, his own, <clears throat> just vastly overhyping Dylan Secura. I think it's insult. I think he insults the fans sometimes. I think he's, he's, he's a con man sometimes and a bullshit artist. And well, he's kind of um, done that with the Ian Mitchell thing too. Yeah. They, well, they, we'll see. I mean, he, not he to say, I mean, not, Bobby Moore because yeah, I'm not taking anything away from him because Ian Mitchell right. could be what he could be, but I, uh, you know, like hyping him up, uh, like he's not going to be, number one overall draft quality like guy he's going to be a guy who may work on this system somewhere in the middle of the you know second pair or something like that and that's fine that's great if you can if he can make a good nhl career off of that that's eventually wonderful. eventually he'll be he could be that eventually yeah. but they've built up an expectation i mean there's a lot of fans who think he should come in and play in the playoffs and he'll be a huge difference maker and no. I, I don't i don't see that happening even if he could play and this is the problem. Even our guy, even our guy Aaron, who covered him for years at, at uh, Denver uh, University of Denver, was said that you know you can't you can't just put him in in the lineup like that, like he'd get eaten alive. Right. So I, I we'll see. I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna stick by Bowman, that's fine. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's it's funny. Uh, one of one of our uh, commenters on Twitter today commented on the fact that they're getting younger, which is good, but they're they're getting even smaller. And that they seem to be going even more in that direction. And, um, you know, every year, year after year, the teams that win in the playoffs are big and nasty and skilled. Um, but nasty guys and those, those three old players. And um, I don't know. I, 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 my faith in Bowman's talent evaluation based upon things he's said about his players um, is, is just not real high. Um, and, uh, um, they need right now, they need somebody who, who, who hits more than he misses um, because they're not a very good team. They're, they're still not yeah. a very good team. And, and unfortunately they keep fooling enough people every year that people accept this crap, you know? And, yeah. Um, well, that was the thing I was going to say is just because you get younger doesn't mean you get better. Right. 
<laughs> younger, it has to be good young talent. It doesn't have to just be young talent. You can't have a team full of third line 22 year olds. Like well, you have to have develop. high and younger talent. Yeah, and young yeah. guys got to develop and you got to give yeah. them time. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny. We were watching tape of uh, the kid from Wisconsin that they signed. And I can't uh, Wyatt, Wyatt Kellenuck. Kel- yeah, Kel- Kalinic, Kel- Kelnuck. Kelnuck. And I'm watching tape Kelnuck. of him coming up the, the, the ice with the puck and nobody's near him and nobody's challenging him and nobody's standing him up at the blue line. And I said, I said to Mario posted, I said to Mario, I said, you know, he's never going to have that kind of time and space in the NHL. <laughs> Just not going to happen. No, so, someone would poke it away from him at center ice about. Right. Or, or somebody would flatten <laughs> him, you know, if he's, if he's got his head down. And, and um, so again, it's, it's, um, it's just it's just too easy to project these guys as being something great when it, when the transition to the NHL is so significant and it's so hard um, and uh, some guys make it some guys don't and we're, we're going to see but I mean Bowman will keep telling us that all these guys are going to be great and future Hall of Famers and I I just don't know if we're going to get different results from this team. No, no. So. All right, they'll be going into the playoffs. They've got their playoff roster. Um, <clears throat> it's an expanded roster. Uh, basically, the Blackhawks finished, you know, it's basically all the Blackhawks have finished the season with the team except for uh, Zach Smith and uh, Andrew Shaw. And then they've got uh, Brent Seabrook is back skating. I don't think he's – just because he's skating doesn't mean he's in game shape. So I don't think that Brent Seabrook's going to play. I don't. It wouldn't be a smart idea to throw – the 30 whatever year old Brent Seabrook just coming off double hip surgery, not having played any more than possibly potentially a, a one exhibition game back into, you know, an NHL type thing, kind of like, you know, what I said with Ian Mitchell throwing them to the wolves, right, right off the bat. I don't, it doesn't mean much to me. Yeah, you know, The same could be said for Calvin DeHaan, but I think he's brings more to the, and, and it wasn't his wheels that were hurt. It was right, his shoulder. Right, it wasn't so. his legs, right. Yeah, I mean, I watched a little bit, some tape of Seabrook uh, working out a little bit, and I wasn't um, seeing like a lot of burst in his in his skating. It was he was doing sort of a of a of a, a line touch drill, and I didn't see a lot of burst. And I, but who knows? Could have been at the end of practice too, you know. So it's it's really hard to say. But oh, you didn't um, you didn't rag on his beard any beard any did you? Because I did, and the beard truthers came out and attacked me on Twitter because I said that, you know, he could have probably shaved a little bit and got a haircut, look a little younger when you come out on the ice, you know, try, try, try to just show you that you may be a little re- reinvigorated and everyone got hurt, you know, got ass hurt because I, I said he should, maybe you should have shaved a little bit to come out there. Big well, deal. Yeah, it's a little hypocritical of you, isn't it? Yeah, I know. That's exactly the, that's exactly my point, but I, I certainly don't look young and spry at any point. No, no, neither do I, man. I'm hobbling around like, uh, like, I'm 75 years old. I threw out my back the other day, yeah, but um, anyway, I know, I know I, so, you know, yeah, I think, but I think you, you hit on something earlier. I think that the team may be looking at this as like, this is a really good opportunity to get some of these younger guys, the experience and, and to get them to expose them to some really good young players mm-hmm. from another team. That's, that's an up and coming young team. Um, I, I, from that standpoint, I don't think there that, that anything, there's anything to lose in that regard. The, the exposure for Bolkvist, the exposure for Doc, um, no, you know, that's all even Dominic Kubelik, you know, and I, so I think that's that's all really good. And, and who knows, maybe they they hand the reins to, to Colin Delia, and you know, it's something that can that can Delia can grow on in his career, which yeah. which I think we agree should be at the NHL level. Whether it's probably mm-hmm. more likely as a backup, <laughs> but um, yes, yeah. yeah, so that I think that's all good, you know, and 
Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to, I'm Mr. Negative Nancy, but I'm going to say it. I mean, I, I would almost prefer that they have a good series and they learn some things, but they lose and get that first overall pick. Yeah. 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 Take it five games, get some experience, win yeah. something, feel what it's, feel what it's like to win a playoff atmosphere game. That's great. I don't see them beating the Oilers and especially now, because now we're going to get into the reason the, the big reason why the um, Blackhawks are not going to advance uh, as of right now. And that's Corey Crawford uh, right, right now in that Corey Crawford hasn't shown up to camp and uh, in this state or uh, of the NHL, they're not disclosing any injuries. They're not going to tell you if the player's sick. They're not going to tell you if the player's hurt. They're just going to say he's unfit to play. Yeah. And right now, so there's a couple of choices with Corey Crawford because he did not opt out, which Mario suggested that on Twitter. And that was a good catch. It could have very well been that, that he just had a new child. Didn't want to, you know, wanted to be able to see. It could have been. It, okay. I don't think it was. But, but at this point, he's either uh, hurt because he's got, uh, you know, reoccurring uh, symptoms of his uh, concussions. And he's back, you know, back in the dark room again, which is, this is exactly what happened back then. He just didn't show up. No one had talked to him. Remember how many times we said how weird it was that no one had even talked to him. And, and this is kind of the, kind of the same thing, because I know for a fact that there, that most of the players in the, in the Blackhawks locker room don't know where Corey Crawford is either. It's just not so, being talked about. Let me throw some things out. I mean, there's a couple of, there's a couple of possible scenarios and who knows, and I don't have any special insight on this. Nobody's told me anything and, and uh, about this. And I don't think anybody ever would on something like this. Um, but I think that uh, one could be that the, his agent has had some negotiation with the Hawks about an extension and it has not gone well. That's one possible scenario. Um, I don't know, man. I, I can't holding out for this, this, this thing for a contract negotiation well, that's just that but, just tells me as a gm that that's a you're an undependable player well but think about it um i mean taylor hall he could do the same thing it. if sure. they're offering him if they're offering him two million dollars a year and he believes he's a five million dollar a year player that that hey cory cory crawford's the kind of guy who might get a little pissed off about that from what i know of his temperament all right I, uh, i'm just saying the other possibility I, I think I is said, more I likely that, I don't believe that it has anything to do with a contract thing. I think he's either hurt or he's got COVID. Well, and I don't think I, I doubt it's COVID, but I think because they didn't, they didn't designate him unfit to play, which is, I think is the thing that they do with COVID. No, they did. He they did say he's unfit to play. They did. All right. Yes. That well, was the first thing that came out true. after the, he wasn't on there. They asked him, they asked what happened. They just said, Corey's unfit to play. And that's all they said. Could also be it could also be that the, that he's having concussion symptoms again. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, I think I, honestly the most likely thing is that he has COVID. But yeah, um, and and he may or may not. I don't know anything. I'm just saying, and, I, and I'm not saying it, if he has it, he has it. It's, yeah, you know that's just that's just the way it is. Um, I, I'm not blaming him. I'm not casting any you know, wishes on him or anything like that. I'm just saying it seems like the most likely thing is, is that he has COVID weird. It's weird that he hasn't just, he hasn't shown up. He didn't check into camp at all. It's not like he left like uh, Dahan did. Dahan has a family emergency and he left camp, Yeah, but he was out there the first day he showed up, he signed in, he took his tests. He did all that stuff. Yeah. You know, the only thing that makes any sense is the one player who didn't is Corey Crawford and no one knows where he's at. 
that kind of seems like he's he's sick. Yeah, but, well, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's not there, and uh, yeah, whatever it is, whether it's concussion or whether it's COVID, it may not bode well for him playing, you know, anytime soon, because COVID wrecks people physically. <laughs> um, it's yeah, not well, you guys. He's going to be a free agent and they shouldn't cast more than, or they not cast, they shouldn't, you know, count on him for a year or more than a year or two. And even if you were doing that, look at what's happened the last couple of years when Corey Crawford gets hurt and this team has nothing behind him and they're not going to be able to afford to get like one of those one, one, a goalies. They're going to have Colin Delia or they're going to have Malcolm Subban, or they're going to have uh, Kevin Lankin in back there. And, Look what happened before they, they had to bring in Cam Ward because Corey Crawford was undependable because he was an injury risk. And right. uh, last year, you know, they brought in Robin Leonard, who was a little bit, kind of a little bit of a different situation. But I, you know, in the back of their mind, when they're signing Robin Leonard, they're not signing him because they think that Corey Crawford is going to be their their goalie for uh, 60 games this year. Right. You don't sign Robin Leonard to $5 million if you think Corey Crawford was going to be coming back and was going to be a 60 game yeah. starter for you. Exactly. You just yeah, don't, we, you we don't expect it. So yep. you, you got it. That's why we kind of said, you know, the Askar off, uh, they, they should draft him if, if they were in the, you know, nine, ten, 10 range or whatever. Um, but we were kind of saying that too, because they're not gonna be able to go out and afford to get a, a top end, top end goalie. They would have to luck into something or draft someone or something like that. You're not going to get like a Bobrovsky coming here and, and you know, your opinion of him aside, you can't afford him. He, he's double the salary of, and even like a Braden Holpe or, or something like that. Holpe, somebody, players, somebody's going to pay Holpe seven, $8 million. Yeah. The White House can't afford that. No, they can't afford that at all. And, 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 and I was talking that. with Mark about this. I was talking about Laz about this today that while, you know, when, when the Blackhawks decided that they were going to let Leonard go because they wanted to get something for him, um, the thought was is, is was the ask was five for uh, five for seven or yeah five for seven or no seven for five seven for five uh, seven million a year for five years and uh, I had heard similar to that as well but then as as talks got down he started bringing it down saying he was he was willing to take less you know less years or um, less money and now what I've heard is that you know he was going to possibly sign is is to be the the one B to uh Flurry's 1A in Vegas for five times five. Now the Blackhawks could definitely afford $5 million goalie. They have to be able to afford a $5 million goalie. Cause if you can't afford a $5 million goalie, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Right. Because a $5 million goalie is minimum for a good starter in the NHL. It's definitely. That's a, that's a sweetheart deal for a good starter. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they, I wish they would have kept Leonard, you know, they, they, they didn't think we were going to make the playoffs. They didn't. I, I know. I know. But they should have not hung on to Corey Crawford. I mean, you weren't going to get anything for Corey Crawford, but then let him go at the end of the year. He's 35. Like, it, it is what it is. Let, let Liner be the goalie for the next five years. If he can get you to the Stanley Cup, he can. If he can't, you know what? Maybe in that fourth or fifth year, he wants to get he wants to get traded somewhere. Yeah, buddy. And you're that's very likely. You're preaching to the choir. You know my feelings on this. Yeah. I, I agree. I was with you 110 percent on this, and you know what? I was just thinking. I mean, if it's COVID, you know, there's no way they could have predicted that. Nobody even heard of COVID last, whenever the, you know, whenever at the trial. Well, I guess we had heard of it at the trade deadline, but we didn't realize it was going to devastate North America. 
But, um, you know, if, if it turns out it was the concussion thing, that's why he's, I mean, either way, either way, it doesn't bode well for him playing again this year Not here. or ever, maybe. Yeah. And, he's going to be a uh, free agent. That's, that's a classic. I mean, that is a gigantic miscalculation by Bowman. That's a, a gamble that came up snake eyes because you're right. They're stuck now because of the cap being flat and Leonard's not coming back. Um, and, and they, there's, the, the guys that they have, you know, at, at, in the NHL and at the AHL level are just probably not good bets to be number one goalies in the NHL ever or, or very good ones. And, and uh, you know, you're, they're, they're, in a, they're in deep crap right now unless they can – and there's people saying that Oskarov's going to go before their pick. Unless, unless they get a, you know, they, they get first overall. And I don't think yeah, they get first overall. Like I, I wouldn't even say pick, right. pick a goal first off overall. Right. Yeah. Or by field. Yeah. You're, right. yeah. You're taking someone as you, he asked is, is, you know, in the nine, 10, 11, 12, maybe range. Um, he, someone could jump up that needs a goalie. Sure. Because you have people like Ottawa who have two picks in the first 10. But they so, got to do something. I mean, what are they going to do? They got to, they have a, uh, they've got a, a, a stagnant cap. They have to resend Kubelik. Um, you know, maybe maybe they, they cut bait on Dylan Strom. Um, but this is this is this is the, the the but they're still paying the debts of these big contracts that they gave out um and arguably overpaid some people. Yeah. And they're yeah. still paying for that. And and yeah. because things happen, you know, pandemics happen and flat caps happen, and, and you know what? They didn't think they were gonna happen, and they did. And here we are. Yeah. But I mean, they were going to be still in trouble with or without the flag. I mean, they would, they would a little bit of more, a little bit more room, but they're still in a lot of, they were still in trouble uh, one way or the other. It's just, they're just in a lot of trouble now, but there are, they're, they're not the only team. So um, <clears throat> anyway, so they're going to, the Blackhawks are going to play, uh, they're going to play an exhibition game uh, on the 29th against the blues. Uh, I fully expect that they're going to get stomped and, uh, Malcolm Subban's going to give up five goals and probably two in the first period. And I'm just rattling that off the top of my head because I think they're going to go with Malcolm Subban. I don't agree with it, but I think they're going to go with Malcolm Subban. I think you might as well just try with Colin Delia. Uh, he, he had that playoff. He had that good playoff run in the AHL. If you're going to go young, you're going to get him a little bit of uh, experience. Colin Delia is probably going to be your backup next year. Probably. I mean, you could qualify Subban. Okay. Maybe, maybe he's going to be your backup. I'm not a Malcolm Subban fan. I don't hate the guy. I just don't don't think that he has, he has he's he's more like Anton Forsberg, uh, in Cristobal Huey, to me. Like he falls apart quickly, yeah. and uh, when he falls apart, it, you, it, it's like Humpty Dumpty. It's hard to put him back together. So yeah. that's how I feel about Malcolm Subban. I think Colin Delia, um, you know, he, he's got the right mindset. He's you know backstopped uh, the, the the Rockford Ice Dogs a couple of times. He, when he stepped in the NHL, he played all right. You know, he didn't, he didn't like the world on fire, but I mean, remember that Scott, that Scott Foster game, they were beating the, uh, the Winnipeg Jets with Calendilia as the starter. Yeah, Scott Foster just finished the last 10 minutes. He is a battler and he can get hot. You know, um, I just, I, I have a hard time seeing him do it over five games against the Edmonton. Yeah, I do. I do too. I think it's going to be overwhelming. Yeah. And he's yeah. going to see, I mean, he's probably going to see 40 plus shots every game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they give up the most high danger chances as well. I said that yeah. on Twitter. They give up the most shots on net a game, and they give up the most high danger chances. Right there, that tells you that this, the, the defense is terrible, and, and they're going to give up goals because you don't give up a lot of shots and a lot of high danger chances and not give up a lot of goals. Right. 
uh, look, I mean, just having two, having two really good starting NHL goaltenders all all year long with Robin Leonard and, and Corey Crawford, they still didn't make the playoffs. Right. I mean, what does that tell you? You know, you're, you don't have two good, you know, one solid one starters uh, in your, in your arsenal anymore. You have one, if he was able to play possibly, and he's, it looks like he's not going to play because, and, and even if he can play, what kind of shape is he going to be in? He's not working out. He's, he's going to show up late to camp, be out of shape. And then they're going to throw him in net, you know, against Connor McDavid. Okay. Yeah, if you uh, think, if you think that's, if you think that's going to be an advantage, you're going to be sorely uh, confused or sorely upset. So. Yeah. I mean, if he miraculously shows up, I want to know what was wrong with him. Yeah. You know? I don't think he is going to. Yeah, I really don't. Because the way they're talking, it's it's almost sounds like a you know an epitaph that they're you know reading off about you know that uh, they're talking more about Malcolm Subban than they are Corey Crawford. Yeah, and if you thought Corey Crawford was going to be you know their, your guy day one, or, or that uh, you'd be talking more about Corey Crawford when he gets here, when he gets here, we'll be ready. He'll be ready. He's been working out. You know, you don't just say nothing. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. And I, I realize that I'm going down that the same hole again, but I just it, it, these things just just are mind-boggling to me. You're the 31st ranked defense in in the NHL. Um, you're 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 pinning all your hopes on a 35 year old goalie who's who's missed most of the last couple of years with concussions. Um, what is Stan Bowman doing this offseason to improve the problem of net, keeping pucks out of the back of your net? What is he? What is he? Don't he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything. He went. He, he signed a college defenseman in the, the kid from Wisconsin, who's not going to help in the NHL next year. Um, you know, he's they're making a big haul blue about Ian Mitchell, who is yet another talented offensive defenseman who is quote weak in his own end. I mean, and he's probably he, going to get the Bullcrest treatment, like at least half the year in Rockford. Right, right. Which he should. But, but my point is. What is this organization doing to address the obvious and ongoing now two plus years of just dreadful defense as a team? What, are they, what is he doing? Well, I don't, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be a shit here on this, but the off season, it hasn't started yet technically because they're going to have to do this playoff, but there's going to be an off season. That's about two well, weeks long. Yeah. And what are they going to be able to do? They're not going to do a whole lot. Money. Yeah. They have they're to, they would money. have to, it would, they would have to do addition by subtraction by buying out like Alimata, uh, or buying that you know, the defense better. Exactly that that's addition by subtraction, really. And somebody's somebody's talking about or subtraction by out, addition. Oh, actually, somebody was talking about buying out or trading to Han today. How does that make the defense better? He's your no, second best defenseman. No, that actually makes you worse. Well, right. it's probably going to be better for getting younger players some experience and building that core. That's fine. That's a rebuild, but you're not going to be. Uh, competing for Stanley Cup next year or the year after that by by buying those two guys out, you're just not. And then and then having to play Brent Seabrook. I don't think they're going. To end up, so. That does yeah. that doesn't bother me. But I, I just I guess I want to see how how this team is going to start rebuilding from the net out. I just want to see it. And please don't tell me it's more five foot eleven, one hundred seventy pound puck moving defenseman. I, I, Alex I Lassick. Pardon me. Alex Lassick. Uh, well, better hope. Yeah. Start lighting yeah. candles. I mean, they have Connor Murphy, so uh, even though everyone wants to hate on him, they have Connor Murphy, which is you know he's a bigger he he he's more of a you know 
a bigger physical guy. Um, yeah. So the- I mean, and, and, you know, Connor Murphy to me is a number five, you know, on a, on a decent team. He's potentially a number five on a decent team. Yeah. Um, and on a not so decent team. He's a four. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I don't, I don't know. On a good team. I don't think he's a top four defenseman. I know, but um, fine. Yeah. I mean, but they, they just have so much work to do in, yeah. in the, in net and, and on the blue line. It's, yeah, I, I, and they need centers because centers contribute defensively too, you know, and I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't all know. Right. We'll see. Well, all right. We start to wrap this up because we've been rambling for a while. Um, my prediction is they probably go four or five games with Edmonton. I think uh, they don't win the series. Uh, they get knocked out. I think they also don't get the first overall draft pick. That's what I think is going to happen. And I'm not trying to cast doom and gloom, but you still have to compete with eight other teams. If they get it, great. That's wonderful. I'm happy as hell. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I don't think they're going to get it. And I think they're going to get, go out in five games against Edmonton. What do you think? Uh, it could go three. It could go five. I, you know, it's, it's hard to say. I think that, I think Edmonton's going to take the series. I don't think the Hawks have the horses to beat Edmonton in their own building um, in a, in a playoff series. I just, I, and I think Edmonton has so much speed. I mean, you reminded me that they picked up often to see you. I mean, God, they're, they're so fast. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna leave skid marks on the Hawks. And, they uh, doubled their speed at the trade deadline when they yeah. picked up Tyler Ennis and they picked it up Athanasio. Yeah. Now they're not. They don't have Mike Green. Mike Green isn't gonna play. But that's probably, I mean, Mike that's Green probably is, a good thing for them. Yeah, I mean that was all he did, all he was gonna do is make your power play a little bit better, and that's already the top power play in the NHL. So, yeah. and I just know. see guys like Carlson and Nurse just pushing them around in the offensive zone. I've I've seen them do that before, and I think they're going to do that in the series. Yeah, excuse while me, Larson Bla- and Nurse. Man, I keep while saying the Blackhawks handled the Oilers pretty well in the regular season. Um, I don't know that they can continue to handle them for for three straight games that they can win. Yeah, I just think um, yeah. it'll be a good experience for them, as you've said. I think that's a really good point, and uh, you know, and now I think I, I'm going to tell you something. They've been lucky. They, they've been really lucky. They were really lucky last year in the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know Super that they're lucky. going to get the, the first overall pick. I think it would be fantastic if they did. Oh, I would they love it. it. Oh, God, it would be wonderful. They need it. Yeah. But I just so, don't. I, I can't. Like, can they really jump up the draft two years in a row that far? First the third overall and then the first overall? Like, I mean, that would be that would be like something of – epic Edmonton proportion, which would be such a weird situation because Edmonton did it, did it. Now they're playing Edmonton and then Edmonton could beat them and then give them the first overall draft pick, which would be such a weird connection. But um, I just can't see it happen. Like, I, like it's the, I can't see it happening. Not again. They have a one in eight chance. Yeah. You know, but I'd love it. I would love it if they did. If they did, I would eat it up. And if, so. if they do get out of the first round, folks, I, I think that they they probably would end up playing St. Louis, I believe, and they would get absolutely destroyed. Yeah, they get if they make it past Edmonton, and they can, because Edmonton's terrible in net, just like the Blackhawks are now are. But um but I shouldn't say they can now because when without Curry Crawford, I don't think I don't think there's any possibility they can get past them. But uh if they were able to have Corey Crawford in that they could expose uh Kostitsin and uh or what is it is that his name Kostitsin and uh Mike Smith uh they could expose those guys because they're not that great of goalies Mike Smith's garbage and uh the other guys you know older he's he's an older veteran you know European yeah, goalie uh, Dobin? no 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 uh it's not Kostitsin it's uh 
starts with a, a he's like 32 he's older and he came in and he earned himself an extension he came in as like a Lars Johansson last year and he ended up getting a uh, getting a contract extension yeah I can't think so, of it. I can't think of anyway yeah I I, I uh, I'm drawing a blank because I wasn't thinking about having to talk about him. But anyway, we got we got two quick questions. Let's answer them really quickly, and then we'll get out of here. Um, the one of them was from our guy uh, da, 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 Chuck Bessler. He sent us an email. He said, "With the layoff and the uh, return to play almost being the start of the new season, uh, and young players improving from season to season, how much better do you think Doc Bokefist and the Young Hawks will be when it, when it when it resumes play?" Um. I think at least right now, Doc looks like he's playing pretty well. He's maybe, you know, improved to another, to a next level, not a great level, but a next level. He's only, you know, 20 years old or whatever. So, um, and you know, Boquist was, he showed some really good things. Uh, if you, you cast no expectations on Adam Boquist, he could be, you know, that young, that youth, that, uh, exuberance that, you know, the young raw talent, you know, he could, he could play pretty well, um, but it's going to be in very specific areas. <laughs> when I say play, he could play well. It would be in a very specific area, like on the offensive side of the rink, quarterbacking the power play or something like that. Not, you know, uh, not a full 200 foot game, three zones kind of thing. So, um, you know, I you could see a little extra out of Kirby Doc, I think, and maybe a little bit out of Bulkfist. What do you think? John? Yeah, I think it depends on who they're matching up against, you know. Yeah, um, they'd have to be um they'd have to be sheltered pretty well. Kos- yeah. Koskinen, Miko Koskinen, that's good. Right. I, I was about yeah. to tell you, it's Miko Koskinen, I was about to tell you. I looked it up. Um yeah, yeah I think yeah, I think of it's hard to say. I, I hmm. it depends on who they match up with, whether whether they will, you know acquit themselves well in the series or if they'll, you know, be, you know, during the headlights, I, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to say. Yeah. Uh, one last question. Uh, Ralph said on the Facebook live, um, what do you think of the Taze isn't paid to score goals uh, defense when people rag on his scoring slump these past few seasons? Well, I mean, it's somewhat true. Uh, he's not paid to always score goals. That's not necessarily his, his, you know, he's paid to score goals too, but he, he is paid to be the leader of the, of, of the Blackhawks. He's paid to be their first line center. He's paid to be probably their best two way center on the team. Um, goals is part of it, but he's not just there to score goals. Patrick Kane is just there to score goals. That's what he's there for. Set up plays and score goals. That's what yeah. Patrick Kane's there for. He's not there to cover, uh, you know, to, to cover defensemen on the, on the other side of the rink. He's just not. No. Right, right. That's no. what he's not. He's paid to score for goals. Jonathan Tay is he's more he's he has more of a broad game. Uh more wide, you know, that's why he's important to this team. John. Yeah, I, I think um I'm a, I'm a huge Jonathan Tay's fan and always have been. And and uh I think that uh you know a lot of people don't appreciate um all the little things he does in, in the course of a game. I mean, the fact that they don't really have uh, well, Zach Smith sort of was it this year, but they haven't, they haven't always had a, a good secondary faceoff option for, um, uh, special team situations, including the, including the penalty kill. 
And that's that's not since Marcus Marcus Kruger. Yeah, that's worn on on tapes a lot, and he's told people that that you know he really w- would like to see them like when they brought in Antoine Vermette, that really helped his game a lot. And you'll recall Taves went on and had a fantastic playoffs that year. Um, I was going to say Jonathan Taves also said no one knows how COVID is spread, but I don't want to I don't want to derail this conversation. Go ahead, yeah. continue. Yeah, he's also not just not touch that. But yeah. the point is, is I think that. Um, all that said, I, I do think that when you're making ten and a half million dollars a year, um, you, you you really need to be um, more consistent offensively. Now he's had a couple; he had a pretty good year, I, I believe, this year. And I know I think last year he had a very good year. Last year um, he had a career year. Yeah, so I think that uh, I, I think it's I think he's 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 healthy and he's been healthy for the last year and a half, and I think you're seeing a level of, of productivity out of him. That's reasonable to expect at age 30 or 31 now. And uh, you know, um, so he's not, to me, he's not the problem with this team. No, he's not. No, he's not. I mean, while the contract probably has a a million and a half extra on it, that the Blackhawks could really use back. uh, You could you might be able to say the same thing with Patrick Kane too. uh, An extra 3 million wouldn't hurt this team to be able to go out and do something. Right. Right. And on top of the Brent Seabrook thing, an extra two million at least, uh, three. maybe three million off the shave Seven. off that contract. Yeah, you have six million there. So, right, right, and that's yeah. you know, yeah, that's that that could be making a big difference. I mean, especially for a team that really needs, if it were to if they were to compete, they really they really need uh, you know some veteran help um, to compete. You know, but I know yeah. I, I think that that horse has left the barn. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk more, I, I think, after whatever happens to the Blackhawks happens um, about what they should be doing in this very short offseason. Uh, we can't really, you know, it's going to be hard to kind of speculate right now, but um, we're, let's just concentrate on the hockey. And you know what? It's great. Sure. I'm going to love to watch hockey again. And sure, it's going to be good to watch a team that I'm familiar with and that I've watched all year long and studied all year long be in the, be in the mix of things but I don't think they're going to do much. It's just going to be nice to watch something other than, uh, you know, repeats of movies and uh, Netflix shows that we've all been watching for four months. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's going to be fun. I'm mean, looking forward to, I'll be watching the Hawks and I'll be watching a lot of uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. And I uh, think a lot of people are going to get to know other teams a lot better than they normally would have just because, of, yeah, it's going to be good exposure for the sport. Unfortunately, the exposure could come at the cost of, you know, players getting sick and, that's why I don't think I it not. necessarily is going to finish either. I really hope not because, you know, um, you know, I think, I think that based upon everything I'm hearing that, that a lot of people who, who a lot of people don't get any symptoms or some people just get really sick for a few weeks mm-hmm. and that's the bulk of people, but there's some people who are having lasting uh, lung damage or heart damage or kidney damage. And that would be enough to end a, an NHL player's career, you know, and I, that yeah, would like be blood enough. clotting issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's really some stuff going on. That would be an absolute shame if that were to happen. And uh, yeah. that's, I really, I really hope that does, does not happen. I, mean, I hope it doesn't either. I don't want to be right about this. I don't want to be right that it doesn't either. end. I'd like to see it end. I'd like to see them pull this off. And I just want to go on record to say that everyone's going to say we're haters and we're betting and we're wanting it to go this way. We're thinking rational about what we think is probably going to happen and what is likely right. to happen. Right. Uh, but you know what? If they pull it off in the bubble, no one gets sick. No teams get, you know, thrown yeah. out because their star player gets sick or anything like that. They go right through. They give the, they, you know, they raise the Stanley cup. Great. 
Wonderful. I'll be pleasantly NHL, surprised. Awesome. I'll be pleasantly surprised and I'll be glad to admit that my doubts yeah. were unfounded. Yeah, uh, I would. I don't point. care. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, we're just, I, we just trying to be pragmatic and realistic. That's all we're trying to do. I, if I were to bet, I don't think they're going to finish it, but that's, yeah. that's me. I don't think anyone's betting that they're, or anyone with a half a brain is betting that they're going to finish, but you know what? There's probably a guy out there putting 10 bucks on it or something like that. That's going to come back and win a million dollars or some nonsense <laughs> when the casino's open. Actually they're open, but yeah. All right, cool. Let's get out of here. Right. Yep. All right, cool. Um, I don't uh, have any huge last plugs. Uh, Puckhockey.com. Uh, I posted online. They got all the new stuff. I got a new commercial I'm going to put into the podcast yeah. having to do with puck hockey that I recorded yesterday. Our boys uh, or our, our friends, Matt and Amy over there at puck hockey, go over there, get some stuff, use the rink uh, to get your stuff. Uh, the new Slayer stuff's awesome. I just bought a whole bunch of it. Uh, I was going to wear a Slayer shirt, but I wanted to wear the white shirt. It looks better with the beard. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I know beard guy problems. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, go over there. Buy some stuff. Maybe uh, throw us a little bone. Get get a T-shirt or a hat. Uh, rink one, and uh, that would be cool. We would appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, you got any plugs? Uh, speaking of Matt and Amy, Amy, I hope you found your cat. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she was looking for her kitty cat on social media the other day. Oh and, boy. And, yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, so, you don't. Um, want she to came home. Um, and, uh, yeah, we could, we're going to have some announcements about some new writers joining us mm-hmm. or at least one new writer, um, possibly two. Um, there could be more too. Right? I mean, this is just yeah. today. So, yeah. yeah, but I think we're going to, at the very least, we're going to have an announcement about who's going to cover Rockford. Cause I know that a lot of the listeners and, and readers have really c- come to expect very, uh, very robust coverage of Rockford. And I think that's going to be more important in the next couple of years as you know, the Hawks move into more of a rebuilding uh, posture anyway, which I think is going to happen. On Granted some the AHL can actually play. Yeah. And so I think, I, really that, uh, I think that this, that this is going to be a real and <clears throat> increasingly important part of our coverage. So um, we're going to have an announcement about that and uh, we're going to be uh, really busy. We're going to try to pump out some blue jackets content as well as we're going to have Toronto content. We're going to have Colorado content and we're going to have uh, tons of Blackhawks coverage. So, yeah, Chris already put it together an article on Toronto and what what to expect from them. So that uh, that's great. Uh, I've been trying to pump yeah. out the Hawks stuff. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And yep. Columbus, I know you're going to be hitting some Columbus stuff. So that's good stuff too. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a series preview article um, that one of our new writers and I have started talking about and bouncing around. We're going to try to get that up before the Columbus Toronto series. So and um, our Colorado crew, don't forget about them. They 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 kick ass. So, you know, there's going to be some Colorado stuff coming as well. That's under the, the capable leadership of Aaron Goldschmidt. So the great, the great and wonderful Aaron Goldschmidt. Right. Speaking of great and wonderful though, you did mention it. Mario Tarabasi. Yeah. I just want to, you know, big shout out to our boy, Mario. He moved on. He's, he's doing his own podcast now, Mario on hockey. We fully support it. There's no hard feelings. We love Mario. In fact, we were lucky to have him for as long as we had him. And uh, I, I know John agrees with me on that one. Oh, totally. And I'll tell you what, Mario is, uh, Mario is uh, rolling some, some, uh, some podcast game. He's, he's had some big guests and uh, they're really good shows. And uh, you know, he's, he's really good. He's really good at that. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're super proud of Mario and, and, He's always part of our crew one way or the other. So, yeah, yeah. We, we love him. He's family. He's one of the founders that founded it, you know, with me, John and I, we all started it with Aaron and, and, and Mario too. 
Uh, so we love Mario to death. He's, he's worked his ass off for us. Uh, so please support Mario. You can support us and Mario at the same time. That's fine. We, cause you know, Mario kind of still is in the, is in the, is in the fray a little bit. We're still, you know, friends and we still talk and he shares information and all that stuff. So, you know, you could listen to both. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing that says you can't, uh, support both, uh, us and Mario. So that's right. Please do. Yes. Yes. Um, Well, uh, that said, let's see. You find all our comprehensive content, www.thudashrink.com. On all social media, you guys know how to find us there. Uh, Take a chance. Head over to iTunes, rate and review us for the audio portion of this. Otherwise, this is going to be on on, uh, YouTube too. So you can leave a comment there if you'd like. Uh, And uh, all that, um, I guess, uh, is probably good, right? So thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, to support us. Wear a mask. Until next episode, see you on the way. Wear a mask.